This is Unfilter, episode 243 for July 5th, 2017. And I'll tell you that. Think about it. It is unbelievably alarming that this president is so easily played. He's so easily played by a cable news host. Now, what is that saying to our allies? What is that saying to our enemies that this president is so easily played? birthday america (laughs) hope you had a good one because man we have some gifts to unwrap for you this is unfiltered jupiter broadcasting's weekly show about the news gif oh i thought it was gif sorry all that news that you shouldn't be watching i'm chase running the board today is our intern chris hey Hey, buddy good to be here you know this is my first time on air and i'm really excited you know what i I figure you'd be a natural just throw you right on the show yeah i I know i wouldn't be here if i wasn't your friend and if your father wasn't uh, well connected to the (laughs) podcasting space but uh i really appreciate you having me here on the unfiltered program Uh, i i didn't know that you're related to adam that's that's great the podfather that's no that's you it's, oh, I, I'm the podfather. Yeah, yeah, you're no, you're related. No, uh, I, I'm. Re- I, I'm no, maybe it's myself. me. I'm not sure what's happening. I'm just going to drink out of the Star Trek mug. So that is a great mug, by the way. I've had that one for years. Yeah, we have a great episode coming yes, up. Yes, we do. 243 of your unfiltered program. Uh, the Russia stuff is sort of just touching on some stuff, keeping some plates spinning, on keeping you updated. What so Russia stuff? There's no connection. There's something. No uh, But really, this week uh, we're going to take a moment and talk about the full-on media meltdown. The the full we've had with the topics come up on this show several times about Trump's tweets. Now, uh, instead of covering it from the perspective of being totally distracted by it, we're going to cover it from a, a, a different angle. So we have, a, we have our own take on that, plus interesting things developing in, in Nevada and how that they've legalized the cannabis plant. And then later on, towards the end, a packed overtime with tons of extra stuff. But Mr. Chase. Yes, Chris. You know where we have to start. We got to start with our cyber. I always like the Cyrea song. Yeah, and so we've been covering uh, for a little bit now. We've been covering the uh, the the global malware attack, the ransomware attack. There's nothing really totally new developing on there. Uh, the there has been a um, what do you call it when when you you get a warrant? That would be the U.S. term, and then you go into an office like not a it's like a raid, but it's like a raid. And well, you're seizing. exercising a search warrant. Yeah, so they so this, the uh, Ukraine government did that to it for an institution. So there's not like other than that, there's not a lot of developments with the Petya uh, ransomware, but there is Elsa ransomware, which is in the new docs that have been leaked by Vault Seven. Oh. WikiLeaks continues to reveal more of the alleged tools used by the CIA, with the latest batch of documents showing how the U.S. intelligence agency collects data. From PC users. For more details on this, let's go live now to RT's Colm McGlinchey. Hi there, Colm. What has been revealed about this particular malware? What is the story here? Okay, well, what they released today is, is known as Elsa. It's the latest in a series of leaks from WikiLeaks. They allege came from the CIA, known as Fall 7. Now, Elsa, according to the documents that were released today, they, it allows the CIA to track the geolocation of the device, not by its GPS, but instead by its proximity to Wi-Fi access points. Now, um, this, this, this all came out today, and, you know, where it's... It, 
the wicked of detail that this um, they claim in the documents it shows that it's any device running a Microsoft Windows device, even if the device doesn't have, even if, if it's not connected to uh, the internet at the time, once it's connected, once it has Wi-Fi enabled, they can get the longitude, latitude and timestamp of where it is based on Wi-Fi access points within its proximity. And then using publicly accessible databases like Google and Microsoft can then store this information, create a timestamp for it to what WikiLeaks have described as a target device's uh, pattern of life. Now, the other thing that came out was uh, Outlaw Country, which is malware designed for Linux. Linux malware. You have to run it as root, and it doesn't give you access to run it as root, but uh, and doesn't give you access to the box. But the CIA did develop malware tools to also track Linux users and then reroute their network traffic to observation servers. Oh. And it's funny because it seems like to me that it all it really did is it loaded a kernel module into the Linux kernel that upon every boot, it would modify your firewall IP tables rule to send a copy of all your traffic somewhere. Oh. Now, what's interesting about that is it would seem to me that if you did an IP tables list rules, it would have, you would have seen it. Right. It would have been there. Uh, unless the kernel module hit itself. Anyways, you had to install it as a root, which also would be tricky. But it does It does otherwise – so during the Snowden leaks, there's nothing really targeted directly at Linux. Not a lot of stuff about Linux in the Snowden leaks. But now in the Vault 7 leaks, we're seeing stuff targeted towards Linux. Interesting. Um, while we're talking RT, let's keep talking about Russia for a little bit. There uh, was an awkward exchange recently. Uh, sir, I'm sorry. Tell me your name. Now, this is uh, – she used to work for Fox News, but uh, – Oh, okay. She got promoted, I guess, as the uh, state's – one of the uh, state's uh, – wow. State Department's uh, spokesholes. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Outside the U.S. media, the claims about Assad having access to chemical weapons is – pretty resoundingly questioned and the main reason behind that is there was big news and we covered it i believe i can't remember anymore in 2014 13 the i can't remember anymore but the obama administration announced a partnership with russia to acquire all of assad's chemical weapons and then do an audit and the state department signed off on that audit that ascribed that we had collected or russia had collected all of assad's chemical weapons so now later on when there has been reports of chemical weapons, a lot of times it's been tied to areas where rebels are holding and likely creating crude chemical weapons. And sometimes chemical weapons are getting distributed as a result of a bombing where things go up in the air, or sometimes it's the rebels themselves. There's nothing been really nailed down to the Assad regime except for what the White House claims. Right. So now the press is asking, what is your proof? Hell if she doesn't just have a, 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 a shit face when, when she realizes who she's just called on. Right now she's all smiles, she's all happy, and then she realizes the trouble that she has just invited herself. Watch her expression change. She didn't call on what's-his-name from the AP, right? No. She, oh, okay. no unfortunately, I haven't heard from Matt for ages. Yeah, where's Matt? Is he on vacation? No, she accidentally calls on a guy from RT and oh. watch her face if she doesn't just immediately regret it. Oh, oh boy. Caleb with RT. Caleb oh, right. Caleb. Um, and that's the oh shit face right there. You see that? You see and, that? And she's going to the the tab, uh, the RT section yeah. of her binder. So, you know, this, That's a total oh shit face. This recent statement from the White House alleging that the Syrian government was planning an upcoming chemical attack. Quick update, Steve in the chat room tells us it was September 2013 where they did that and uh, links the uh, the information there in the chat room. Uh, are you concerned that that could have created an opening for terrorist groups to carry out a chemical attack? No. You're not concerned, even though al-Nusra, al-Qaeda groups have been using chemical weapons in Syria that's documented? No. 
Uh, next question um, on Syria. Well, I mean, they could carry out a chemical attack, and then with the White House saying, oh, Assad was going to do it, that, that would create a cover for them to do such a thing. Do I have to do this again? We oh, know boy. that Assad has used chemical weapons on his own people. And we he's know done this. that repeatedly. Well, has the United States convinced in, the world that that, that Including women and children. Oh, shit, the children, Chase. Women and, and children. And we have all seen that. We have all seen the video. And there is uh, no debate. It seems sexist when the United States government does that over and over again. Uh, why not men? About that. Okay. So I'm, I'm didn't gonna, Assad okay. give up his chemical weapons in 2013? <laughs> oh, there it is. No. Didn't that happen? No. Uh, that didn't Havy, happen, so the, the Havy, let's, let's go over to you. Thank you. Um, so, and then she moves on, and you, you, she's pissed. Uh, I, it's, it is, and it's a legitimate question because she never cites any evidence. But uh, they keep rattling and rattling and rattling that. <laughs> well, you know, he would ask, you know, uh, yeah, where's your source? And she's like, yeah, we'll get that to you after the meeting. And then that never happens. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. There is an event, speaking of Russia, that's about to happen, and um, I kind of want to hear your thoughts about this, dude. After all the fuss over the Trump administration's possible links to the Kremlin, the U.S. and Russian presidents will finally come face to face. The two are to meet at the G20 summit in Hamburg this Friday. RT's Kate Partridge has more. Well, this year's G20 summit promises to be very interesting indeed. The White House and the Kremlin have both confirmed that Presidents Trump and Putin will meet on the sidelines, though, after six months of Russia and Trump dominating the headlines and Moscow admitting that relations between the countries are at zero. However, it's much anticipated by other people that this will be the highlight of the entire summit. Well, what is it that they're going to be talking about? Well, first of all, Ukraine. And secondly, the Syria. And that promises to be very thorny indeed after the White House came out with the unfounded allegation and indeed prediction that President Assad would use another chemical attack in Syria. And so what do you think, Chase? Because CNN's been asking, why don't they talk about the 2016 election? Why don't they talk about the 2016 election? I got I to gotta ask you, though. Uh, you put Donald Trump in a room off the sidelines with Vladimir Putin. There's only a couple of people in that room next to them. And Trump you know, I mean, he could say whatever he I, wants, and, and that's and that's the ultimate thing, right? It, it's going to get spun one way or the other, and without actually seeing a full account of the meeting and, and maybe having an independent source in there, um, maybe not just a Russian photographer, uh, but but and that's a callback to the White House uh, thing. But man. I, I think this is going to be definitely spun, obviously, by the Trump administration. You know, the meeting, it's going to be, like, oh, yeah. because yeah, they're not going to have any reporters in there, so yeah, they can say whatever they want. Right. We're, uh, we lay down, uh, but are you, you know, Syria. Are you worried at all? Worried? Well, no. I mean, what if he says some stuff in there about this uh, Trump-Russia stuff is bullshit and blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, it's, it's very hard right now to believe either side, right? It, it's, I know, but what do you think he could say to Putin? I mean, there's all kinds of things, like... To me, I'm like, How I'm you wondering, doing, buddy? Hey, it's nice I'm to see you. I'm wondering what he's going to say. He's going to have to say something about all of the media's uh, attention around the Trump story and, right. and Russia connection. Like, he's they're going to talk about that. Oh, of course they're going to talk about it. But, I mean, what can you say? I don't know. I mean, first off, if, if you believe Putin. They'd probably laugh about it yeah. together. I mean, first off, if you believe Putin, Putin says Russia didn't do anything, right? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. We didn't do anything. Right? Or if you believe the, the president of the United States. Right. Yeah. Well, and then – there's certain uh, parties within the organization, uh, Trump's organization and cabinet, that have said, yeah, uh, Russia did, definitely. And actually, Trump has said that, too, because he's like, well, yep. why didn't Obama do anything about it if he did do anything? So it's 
it's well, very don't confuse, weird. Don't confuse interference with state elections with collusion between the Trump campaign, because that's the problem we keep doing. Oh, that's true. You're right. You're they're right. two separate issues. You're absolutely right. So the whole collusion story between yeah. upper levels of Trump, he could go, let's say Rance Priebus, you really think, or... or, or uh, Flynn? No, what's the other guy that's always a mess? Uh, the way we, st- we stopped talking about Brandon, you know, like oh yeah, uh, Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon, Bannon, yeah, Bannon, Bannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Bannon. You think you think either one of those sons of bitches or Kelly Conway are working with the Russians? Give me a break. No, Donald oh, God, Trump's no. not working with the. Ele- I mean, maybe he's getting money from a bank, but he's not working with the Russians. I, 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 I it feels like there's definitely either a business relationship going on, you know, with the Trump empire if you will especially you know i i do believe that the whole golf course situation Maybe. and fundings Maybe. and things like that i'll tell you what though it is definitely at this point seven months in eight months in of them digging it is much easier at this point to draw straight lines between the clinton foundation and special interests in russia and in ukraine than it is to draw straight lines between donald trump and russia and ukraine yeah i'm not saying there aren't lines to be drawn but i'm saying at this point in time it is more provable to draw influence lines between the Clinton Foundation and Putin's administration yeah. than it is to draw lines between Trump and the Putin administration. I, I think the, the conversation is probably going to start out, though, with uh, Trump talking to Putin about Syria. I, I think, you know, that would be the most productive thing. I think it would be. And it, if it's something that – here's the problem, I think – that our president and, you know, kind of leading back to the opening clip with you know, the whole Mika situation. And well, I know we'll talk about it later. More, yeah. Is – He's so engrossed in that social scene right now with the media uh, and this constant back and forth battle that instead of him taking this opportunity, here he is sitting down with the leader of Russia, okay, be productive and not focus in on the small belittling things that don't really mean a whole lot. You know what strikes me about Putin? Also crazy image conscious. Oh, totally. They just go about it a different way, right? Yeah, but absolutely. So, so like the two of them are in some ways a lot alike <laughs> in that regard. They're both crazy image yeah. conscious. Yeah, uh, so totally. So the, there's one story uh, in regards to Russia coverage and how the media is covering Russia, quote unquote, the media. Uh, and this the one that the chat room is the most interested in this week. There was one more leak from Project Veritas right before we went on air. And I just figured we'd play a bit of it. The Project Veritas, again, going back, we covered them last week. In the past, they're the people that uh, that released the selectively. I'm ready for the hate mail and messages, by the way. So feel free. <laughs> send them my way. It's okay. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll uh, get that's to right. That. Uh, but anyway, so this just came out today. And it's it's probably, in some regards, the most embarrassing out of all of the leaks Oh, yet. all right. I mean, granted, I've, anything I've said to you, I would defend on the record. I don't think I've said anything wrong. I don't think I've said anything wrong. Hi, I'm James O'Keefe with Project Veritas. Jimmy Carr is an associate producer with CNN's morning show, New Day. So this is the guy that's been hosting all of these releases. And by the way, New Day is my number one hated show on CNN. So this is a this is a. <laughs> you personal... mean you don't like Fox and Friends? Uh, no, I mean just on CNN. Like, oh, at, oh, oh I, I cannot stand. I cannot. T- right. I cannot stand the Five at Five or whatever they call it, and Fox <laughs> and Friends, man. And I have to watch them for this damn show, and they all drive me crazy. So to, to see uh, to see uh, this program taken down a notch yeah. uh, really made me happy. Yeah. But anyways, to these people. I had a moment. I had a moment of panic because on Sunday night, I met them on a Friday. On Sunday night, this anti-CNN advocacy guy released a bunch of tapes of him. Okay, so the the, the, the nothing burger thing came from a guy who secretly recorded his conversations with a CNN employee. What is the irony level right now? Super high. Who did that? Just this right-wing advocate. Hitler. Uh, Hitler used. 
Can you believe what? this? Can you believe? Now, she is in cahoots with the guy that released the audio. So Wait, she's Hitler? She's really? Like, I, she's like playing him. She's full on playing him right now because she's recording him and she's working with Project Veritas. Right. She probably knows the guy that did it. And so she's essentially kind of stroking his ego and prompting him. Uh, like, I'm so one of you. And like, she can play the role. So what's the, what's the difference between her prompting that and, say, the FBI prompting a suspect and wanting to bomb something? Yeah, like they do with like the, uh, the people where they supply them. Right, and try to set them up right. to fail. I think the, one of the most, in, that's why I'm playing this kind of in its entirety because I think one of the most interesting things about this is it shows sort of the tactics that they're using because it's one of the things that was brought up on the last show is like how do they get this how do they get these people to talk about this right. how they're doing it is they're playing them they're manipulating them a little right. bit a guy who hated CNN and was pro-Trump and wanted to expose CNN's lies and he had met a guy and talked to them about CNN's coverage and recorded it secretly and released it at when was this? it was on Sunday night Monday morning playing dumb again when was this oh I had no idea and it came out, and we were all going, holy shit, how is this guy so stupid? He's talking to everyone and telling, saying X, Y, and Z about CNN. And I went, there, I went, well, I talked to a couple of guys at a bar on Friday afternoon, and I said things that we wouldn't normally say. I mean, granted, I, anything I've said to you, I would defend on the record. I don't think I've said anything wrong. The guy had his phone on in his pocket. They asked, how did he do it? He says the guy had the phone in his pocket. And the irony level now is it gets even notched up higher. I start to cringe. But so he was just talking to but so he was just talking to a guy. No, it was it was a secret recording. He had his phone voice recording in his pocket, talking to him, talking about, hey, don't you think CNN's coverage is a little ridiculous right now? And this employee said, Well yeah, I think it's over the top and right now it's kinda of bullshit. But I mean that became the subject of three opening monologues on Fox News evening show. And I had the thought of literally No wonder I, I missed it. I'm not bullshitting you. No wonder I missed it. As if she never would watch Fox News. She would never watch Fox News. Oh, no, of course not. And it shows you how sensitive CNN is to what happens, even though they publicly pretend like it's no big deal. Internally, they're watching all yeah. of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. I literally went, holy shit, I helped those two guys that I met weren't trying to fuck with me and record me. I mean, granted, I've, anything I've said to you, I would defend on the record. I don't think I've said anything. So all he's done so far is just done a recap. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, we all recognize here you go. he is a clown, that he is hilariously un- unqualified for this, that he's really bad at this, and that he does not have America's best interests. We recognize it's just fucking crazy. Would it be fair to question the intellect of the American voter? Oh, no, they're stupid as shit. <laughs> so he says the American voter is stupid as shit. Sorry, Kellyanne Conway. she look like? The, is she the one with she the... looks like she could hit the she looks. What's Ke- what about Kellyanne Conway? And he says Kellyanne Conway. He says, "Well, she looks like she's been hit in the face with a shovel." Carr also let it slip that he and his coworkers are not exactly fans of their anchor, Chris Cuomo. This is my favorite part because I hate this guy, dude. This Chris Cuomo. <laughs> I know you don't like Chris him at all. Cuomo. Is the guy that said that we're not allowed to yeah. read WikiLeaks? That is illegal. I also don't have a brother as a governor. Yes, Chris Cuomo is Andrew Cuomo's brother, the governor of New York. Now listen to how she plays him here. Listen to how she strokes his ego. I'm 
not drunk either. I, can't, I cannot technically say anything, but I can simply say that there's a lot of us that spend a lot of time in the newsroom criticizing Justin. There's a lot of us who's criti- basically saying there's a lot of us who criticize Como in the in the newsroom. Not Como, but Como. Justin, what? The same We can't stand the guy when he talks. We're like, shut up. After our video last week, New Day anchor Allison Camerata sent an email to the panelist who she suspected leaked the new audio of the selectively edited video CNN released. She seemed to be expressing some level of anger about the leak. The email just says, really? That's so, uh, ugh, ugh, I hate that. It's so passive-aggressive. Really? What, what I want to know with this Veritas group, are, are they doing the same thing with Fox? Are they doing the same thing with all the other outlets? Or are they specifically no, targeting on CNN? I don't think so. I, I mean, I, but I think they're, you know, at the same time, it's not like they're, I mean, they're not hidden about their, like, but pro-Trump. But here's the thing, like, you know, everybody's like, yeah, this needs to get out there. And I agree. But also there are some things that all these news organizations do. And when I say all, oh, maybe that's not a, a a fair thing to do either. Yeah. But a lot of them do. They 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 obviously turn their coverage towards Trump or turn their coverage well, okay. towards against so Trump. Let's change the let's change the scale. Yeah. So imagine this is Jupiter Broadcasting, right? And somebody uh, gets a uh, a. By the way, it shouldn't matter who's in the office. It should be equal across the board, right? Oh yeah. I mean, this yeah. is this is. I think this is really. In some ways, I think this is true journalism. Um, but hold on, I'll get back to that. As long right. as everybody's up front about their bias. Right. Uh, but I'll get back to that. So, so picture yourself uh, a Jupiter Broadcasting situation. you got the Unfiltered show, and somebody gets audio uh, of producer Matt saying that, you know, he doesn't like us. He thinks we're, you know, he's, he's gripes about us all the time, uh, and that the show is, we're, the stuff we're reporting on is just bogus. I, you know, that would be telling. I mean, I think that's a, that is a damaging thing. Right. Um, but it it just shows you that there's a lot of humans that work in this large organization. That's really what it's showing you. Yeah. Is there's dissenting opinions inside a large organization? Right. And and I think, and I honestly, I think we need to be very careful. I mean, as people in general. While yes, everybody's love uh, loving uh, getting CNN raked over the coals, and it's and it's fun to watch, and and it's fun to watch people. Squirm. I do, I do really think a big part of this is people want to see CNN's nose bleed just a little bit. Right, but honestly, I want to see a lot of these organizations' noses bleed because it really takes a, a big slap in the face for people who are journalists, who went to journalism school, who dug in the trenches and covered the stupid pet stories you know, to, to work their way to a point, but, not as an entertainer, but based on journalistic value. Do you think it has had an impact, though? I don't, know. I don't think maybe, this maybe, has at all. Well, I, don't, I mean, I, maybe, it's, maybe it's because of recess. That's got to be it. But well, no, the, the actually, Russian here, stories are— Here's the impact that it has. Uh, Fox has taken this kind of stuff and used it to— Oh, make hay, yeah, Make hay sure. with it. And then the president— uh, somebody, a fan of it, made a, an animated GIF. I know we'll probably well, talk about oh, that. Oh, let's not go there yet. Hold I know. on a second. But I'm just saying that that kind of stuff fuels things, not necessarily for change, but it fuels it just to increase But here's my point, because I, I think you missed my point, because I'm just saying, like, the 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 Russia, the, the, the volume of Russian reporting has probably dropped to 20% from where it was before this stuff started coming right, out. Right, yeah. And I don't, and I think it's maybe because there's a, like, uh, there's a like there's a there's a vacation right now in Congress. Like, I I don't think the it's, recess. Yeah, yeah. I think that's because I don't. I think that's why. But it I got to tell you, man. Like our CNN feed was all Russia, and now Russia. They're still covering Russia, but it's seriously it's gone from. Remember remember that stat we quoted where it was like it was like 
almost all of their hours were Russia coverage. Oh, it's yeah. cut way back. It's yeah. cut way back. So it may have had an impact to some degree because they were just kind of manufacturing stuff constantly. You know, like when they, for example, you know, they, they got rid of their, it was a producer, I think a reporter and one other person, you know, from the, the botch story uh, that they ended up Yeah, they fired three people in right. total. And everybody goes, see, see, this is CNN. This is this is what you know. This is what happens. And they also rerouted the editorial process for Russia's coverage to go through one person. Right, right, and, and you know, any news organization, you know, they have their sets of standards, and they, you know, they they should be followed through. But CNN's process doesn't affect NBC or CBS. No, but they've all. I'm telling you, man. Like yeah. our Russia segment. Hold on, one sec. So our Russia segment this week was uh, three clips, one of which was just from RT. And I, I don't think I have much back, but if I go to 240, I have uh, – okay, right here in this one, I have uh, 13 clips. And then the second folder about Russia, I have another 19 clips. Right. And now uh, now this week, you know, I go back to like I was saying, I have, I, have, I have three clips and one of them is RT. So the amount of reporting across all of the networks and across CNN has yeah. – I mean, it's, it's a dramatic I, difference. Let, let me be clear. Okay, I, I want to be clear here. I understand what Veritas is doing, right? Like, I understand that they, they are out there to show the hypocrisy of what CNN is doing. And you know what? I, I support that to a degree. The degree meaning that I would support Veritas that much more if they were equal across all organizations. If they were being the independent watchdog of how Fox is doing it, how RT does it, how MSNBC does it, how CNN does it, that sort of thing, it could it could be a much more effective light on the process to show, hey, this is not about journalism anymore. This is about ratings. This is about money and show me the money. If you if you want to push that picture out show there, me the money! yeah. If you want to show that picture, let's show the truth of what it is. Right now, they haven't shown me that, and it just feels like uh, just a gotcha piece on CNN, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And you know what they're showing is oh, true. It's one hundred percent a gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't mean that the content's wrong. It's kind of like when WikiLeaks right. re- releases Hillary's emails; it's a hundred percent meant to damage Hillary, but right. it doesn't also mean that the contents are wrong. Right, and yeah, and so you just but that's a good point. Like you still have to consider what's Julian Assange's motivation in, in releasing these emails. Right, if, is is his motivation to get the truth out there, no matter what it was, or to be selected? And damage, and actually, he's mm-hmm. gone. I think he's gone on the record saying, "Yeah, this is going to yeah. bring down well, Hillary." He thinks, or whatever. he thinks Clinton's a monster, and I can yeah. see why. Yeah. Uh, now I want to, uh, but you kind of touched on something there for just a second, and what you were saying is like this kind of this kind of very uh, aggressive style reporting does lead to sort of some hostility. There, and what what it sort of evolved into is meme generation on Reddit, which is something normal. But this week. It became quite the controversy. Yes, it did. Something remarkable, I thought, happened yesterday. I thought it was remarkable that CNN found this, the Reddit user who created the gif of, you know, Donald Trump in the wrestling video and where he punches CNN. So the investigative team went back and found the guy who first created this. He took credit for it. And then here comes the remarkable part. Now, let's stop here. Uh, The conversation that's really happening here, I think, to some degree, is how the president is allowed and should communicate. So both two different things, allowed to and how he should communicate with the public. And that's the meta conversation. And each individual case is the media's take on it. Now, uh, you really have to parse the words that are about to come out of this woman's mouth. This is the woman that emailed really back, passively, aggressively. Uh, They threatened 
to dox this Reddit user. They already put his username out there, which is basically good enough. But they essentially got a agreement with him that if he ever made another video like this again, they would dox him completely. Now, so listen to her words yeah, because that's I actually. Re- what she's I read the article me. about it too, and I was just like, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, it's in their statement. I have a link. Yeah, to the I show know. Notes. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw that statement. He apologized. Mm-hmm. He apologized. That's Como, by the way. Done this. Yeah. The reason that I think this is so notable, Crystaliza, is because. This is a very full-throated, I think, genuine, honest apology. He has also asked that we not reveal his name or whereabouts, and we at CNN are honoring that because he's apologized and he thinks that he would then be in danger and at risk if other people knew his name. We get it. We understand that. So as long as he stays apologized. So so first off, first step, if you're going to create something like that, I don't care who you are. Stand behind it, all right, as a person, yeah. Yeah. okay? okay. If, if, if you're going to make something like this and hide, okay. And then when you're outed, right, you're like if someone found out it was you and you go, please, oh, please don't out me. Man, I I I I lose respect. Granted, I yeah. You know what's granted, awkward, on the though? other side? And by the way, on the other side, CNN going holding this over his head, getting all crazy. The whole media. I mean, I could, oh I, yeah, like I could have done you know, an hour of reaction clips. Yeah, if you're like, you know, hey, if you don't share the, or if you end up uh, inciting violence, you're right. inciting violence. Yeah. You're inciting violence. Like, come on. Now, but hold on now. Right. So it turns out I didn't I didn't realize this. Uh, it came up two days ago that uh, CNN actually not sure that's the dude. Oh really? Yeah. Jim, the White House will not say where the president got the video, but a senior White House official said today it was not from Reddit, which is a popular Internet messaging board. I actually I mean, if Trump got it himself, I, I just don't see Trump as a Reddit user. I know I, who, who it's one of his social media people pass it along and say, hey, look at this. Trump. Yeah. Now, I've heard from I've heard several times that there are younger people who do troll Reddit that do work in a social media group. The problem is we and other media outlets who have searched can't find any evidence of it existing anywhere but Reddit before the president picked it up. Now, why does that matter? Because if he got it from that source, a whole bunch of new questions about racism, bigotry and violence come into play. Now, why does he say that? Why does he say a whole? Why, okay, let's I'm say gonna, that again. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. 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 Got it from that source. Be, that source being Reddit. Okay. Right. A whole bunch of new questions about racism, bigotry, and violence come into play. Now, why? Why is that? So if he got it from Reddit, those questions come into play. I don't. I don't see the connection. I'm. I'm, I'm having a hard time well, because, like, why would that matter? So what? What seems to happen time and time again? Over and over again. I mean, even going back to Ken Bone, but I mean, just over. I mean, just it seems to always happen is the media will or, or look at uh, look at uh, re, uh, what was her name? Reality. Uh, oh, with, reality re, winner. Re, yeah, um, they will they will parse your social media feeds and your Reddit history. Anytime you went on Reddit drunk and upvoted uh, a topless picture of somebody or a meme that is slightly offensive. Uh, anytime you left a comment on a uh, relationship advice thread, they they go through and they they parse all of this and they look for the really bad stuff. Like if you know, if you were in some sort of uh, IMA and uh, you said you were going to donate ten thousand dollars to go save the whales, they're not. That's the post they're going to skip. 
Right. But the one where, you know, you went on Reddit at 2 a.m. when you shouldn't have, that's the one that they decide to highlight. And so I'm not trying to defend this person. I haven't gone and looked at uh, his uh, Reddit history. I just pointed out as a trend that we notice, and I don't mention this. I'm not defending this individual. I'm not even talking about this particular instance. This is just a trend that I seem to have noticed throughout the show for about 242 weeks so far. And uh, it's, it's kind of disturbing because the media uses social media in a perverse way to prove a point. And when they want to hide the retweets, they'll blur them out. But when they want to show the retweets, they'll show them. When it's, a, when it's an ISIS account that has two followers, they'll show the tweet. And if it's an ISIS account that uh, has been showing images and it's only been just created in the last couple of days and it's obviously a fake account, they'll blur out the creation date. They've been using me- social media in perverse ways, but now that they're starting to wrap their heads around Reddit, it's really taking a dark turn. And some of the most recent people in the news that are, you know, in their 30s or younger have really gotten eviscerated because of their social media history. Before the president picked it up. Now, why does that matter? Because if he got it from that source a whole bunch of new questions about racism, bigotry, and violence come into play. The video shared by President Trump to his 33 million personal Twitter followers and then to 19 million more on his presidential account was apparently first posted by a Reddit user who goes by this online name. Han Asshole Solo or something like that. And who has also laid claim to it. That user of Reddit's online message board reacted enthusiastically. Wow, I never expected my meme to be retweeted by the God Emperor himself. Now, the God Emperor is a common term that's used in R. Donald. It's yeah. sort of like their nickname for Donald Trump. Yeah. It's, it's cute. It's cute. Yeah. It's real yeah. cute. I am. And, and by the way, I think there's two separate things to talk about, obviously, the, the creation of this and how it perpetrated, and then also the president alone tweeting mm-hmm. it out and putting mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, I agree. Honored. But others are worried, including the Anti-Defamation League, which surveyed the user's post and found a consistent record of racism, anti-Semitism, and bigotry. Dude, he's screwed. This individual traffics in online hatred and at times violent rhetoric. So this is the part where we do the slandering. And the ADL seems to call out the president, saying, when those on the fringes of society feel their messaging is getting mainstream attention... That should raise alarms. Screw you, populace. The fake media is trying to silence us, but we will not let them because the people know the truth. The fake media tried to stop us from going to the White House, but I'm president and they're not. It all comes as the president is raging away at the media with a fiery speech and a Twitter attack on... Raging away. ...two MSNBC hosts that was so coarse, members of his own party were stunned. We'll get to that in a second. Um, so let's let's break down both pieces here. So uh, you have uh, the media essentially doxing this guy, but then CNN says they're actually not sure because it's... When you compare what Donald Trump shared and what the Redditor shared, they are not the same thing. They have different uh, audience vocals and... And um, in totally different audio tracks. And I guess there's a slight cut that's different. Uh, so I have a, I mean, obviously we don't know. But I do have a, a, a theory that seems to fit the pieces of information we have available to us. Okay. So something we do know, and you just said it a second ago, is uh, Trump has like a team of people that are watching Twitter and Reddit. It's actually not uncommon. This is something Probably that the White House does. Probably even downloading our show. 
Hi, hi, White House, by the way. This is something that the White House has done since Barry's been in office. Yeah. It's not totally uncommon. Oh, no, it's not out of the room. But you, each president staffs it with their own people. Yep. And um, one thing that seems to have come up again and again is there are people in that team that do that do seem to troll R. Donald and other places and have passed things on to Trump. And this is not the first time he's reposted something from that source. Right. And it's come back in, you know, in analysis when people have been questioning, it's come back that it was a, it was this social media team. So here's my theory. Okay. Social media team is tasked to find these kinds of things for Donald Trump. They might, they modified it to amp it up. They stole this guy's work essentially. I believe that. I definitely believe that. I don't think, he thought that the president would get this at all. And it's alter- it's that. not the same thing that he posted. No. So they it took it and it. altered it, amped it up. They sweetened the audio, gave more crowd noise and things like that, uh, and then passed it along to Donald to post it. Right. And then he posts it. Yeah. And he then later on posted from the POTUS account. And the reason why I think that happened is because it's this team that did the work. It's White House staff that essentially generated the video. Yeah. He probably he might not even know the source. It's just my team gave me this great video. Yeah. Look at this great meme. They're tasked to find great memes, right? Memes. And so look at this great meme we found, Donald. We've, did, we've done so good for you. So the president of the United States of America tweets this out. What does that – I mean he is, he, he's continuing obviously his, his feelings and attack on CNN and uh, you know, calling him fake You know what's news, funny CNN, is – But I, I don't know how we even attempt to get better – at people and reporting with the with this, you this know where the line forth. was crossed for me is that uh, when he did it from the POTUS account. Oh yeah, for me, like when he does it from the at real Donald Trump account, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Don- that's typical Donald Trump. Yeah. But when he does it from the POTUS account, I'm like, ah shit, that's that that brother's not cla- mean, that's I not mean, classy. Wh- brother. Whether or not you know people realize it or not, you know other countries obviously pay attention to us. Our immediate neighbors, our European neighbors, everybody does. And, you know, say you're a citizen of Belgium, right? And, you know, you have these thoughts and ideas of what the United States is all about. You don't know a lot because you just know what you know. And then this happens, a a tweet showing the president of the United States in in a meme, you know, punching down a a wrestler. I mean, it's all about optics. And I, 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 part of me, I understand why he's upset, right? I understand that part, totally understand it. But at the same time, you're the president of the United States of America. You don't need to mess around with that. You don't. You're in for the next four years. You're good to go, buddy. Why mess with it? I, I, I completely agree. And, and that's where my mind is having a disconnect. I mean, I understand the why of why he did it, but there are things that you and I, we, we have decisions about on you know, a daily how about basis. A compromise? Yeah. How about, I, got a, I got a compromise right. for you. Yeah. You know, if I were, if this is how Hillary would do it, because Hillary would never be doing that, but I tell you what she would do is she would have some sort of super sophisticated social media yeah, team. You're probably right, yeah. and they would do all the counterattacking. Yeah, he just needs to do that. Those people in the social media division, they need to just get popular accounts, buy off a few celebrities, and have them start firing back, and let Donald Trump pretend like it's above him, and he can sit back and behind the scenes orchestrate the whole thing, so that way he gets his narcissistic outlet. Right. It seems like the perfect and, compromise. And, and, and I think part of the danger here. Is people see these things, right? And it just it, it causes the rift that is already there between Americans and a lot of people around the world that wedge to get larger. I think, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I suppose I, and, I think it does rally the base a bit, and then it does make people on the other side freak out. Well, it's, it's not even just the base; it, it's it's to to question whether or not we're getting the truth from anything anymore. And meanwhile, we have a president saying, "Well, 
only coming from me is the only truth. I want to talk about... And that's about, very dangerous, no matter who it is. Let's talk about this more when we get to the uh, yeah. the Mika thing. So I want to just take a second here and say we're not, we're not trying to get caught up in the distraction that is the Twitter feed. Right. What we're trying to do is honestly document something that's happening that I don't think has ever occurred in any other presidency to this degree. And this is actually very fundamental to think how things are going to play out long-term politically for Donald Trump. So that's why we are covering this. There is historical significance here. And there is another angle to the story just really quickly. That whole, like, we won't tell as long as you remain sorry, I think we should just focus in on that for a second. Accusations of blackmail are being leveled at CNN after it tracked down the person behind the Donald Trump wrestling clip, which the president tweeted a few days ago. The channel is threatening to reveal his identity if he makes another video like the Trump one. RT's Murad Gazdiev has more on this story. So this guy makes a humorous little video and then it blows up. Someone edited it. Donald Trump found it and posted it on his Twitter feed. It got millions of views, hundreds of thousands of likes, and many people had a laugh. CNN did not like being laughed at. Not one bit. They launched a manhunt for the original creator of the video. What they did is doxing. It is digging up private information on someone or something and then publishing it. It can be used for law enforcement, for business extortion. Can I stop there for a minute? Yeah, actually, I'm good with it. So first off, his, his stuff, it didn't need to be dug up. His profile data was there and the things that he supported on his Reddit account. But so it's not like digging it up. It was, what about he the was high ordered- ground, though? Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're saying I, yeah. Donald Trump should take the high ground. Shouldn't CNN also take some high ground? Here? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm not going to let him off the book on this either. I, I think the, the the proper way of doing it is, all right, we've, it's like, we found out that you're the one who made this, okay? We understand. Can you tell us a little bit why you made it? I would be more investigated. I'd be like, what, what's your feeling behind this? Why are you yeah. doing this? Why do you feel this way? Yeah. I mean, they could have took this moment, and instead of putting it in this way, saying, hey, if you do this again— what news? That is not how you earn a reputation as a news organization. I think what you do is you talk to the individual, and you say, "Hey, would you be willing to come on camera and do talk an interview to, and talk to us? That's why do you I was feel thinking. this way? Why that, do you feel this way?" That's exactly my thought. Is like do it, do it, like do an expose, and you could make a lot of hay out of that. And like, not just this is how a Trump supporter thinks, and not just an expose. It's just like this guy is fifteen, right? Sixteen year old kid, right? Why do you feel this way? I mean, what's going on, man? Talk to us. Talk to us Americans and let us know why you are feeling this way. But instead, CNN has picked to to do a a low road on this. And that's terrible. Terrible. It is is, kind of sad for that kid. And if it is true, and maybe it's not true, but if it is true that it's not exactly his video, that's also even worse to some degree. Yeah. And, you know, if you go and, and look at his history, you know, and this kid... If it's tr- either he's he's doing it to to show affection and try to be a part of the in crowd, yeah, that's like a culture there on right? the Donald. Yeah, it's definitely a culture, or he really does feel this way. Either way, there's a story. You know, my my eight year old kid, I've never once talked to him about Donald Trump, right. and he he hates Donald Trump. My eight year old kid, I don't know why. School. Uh, he wanted, yeah, he wanted to come. He actually, I'm not joking, asked me today because he was here earlier today. Yeah. He asked me if he could come on mic and tell the audience how much he hates Donald Trump. And I'm like, well, why do you hate him? He's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, but I hate him. 
And so, and this kid, you know, he's 16 years old. It's, I know I'm sound like I'm being demeaning, but from where no. I sit, eight and 16 are not that far apart no. in some ways. And, no. you know, the, but he loves Donald Trump. So what's going or on? Or does he? Well, well, who knows? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, and does so, my kid really hate Donald Trump? Right. You know? Right. And, and, and I think that is the underlying, a, a lot of issue in a lot of ways on both sides where we're not just sitting down and having a conversation. And to be fair, you know, I, I, I look at the chat, I see the comments, and, and people definitely have a strong distrust and a strong hate uh, towards certain media factions. And, and then all of a sudden you start seeing people saying, you know, I'm not going to watch them anymore. And I think absolutely, or I'm just not going to believe anything they right. say. And all I got to say is be very careful down that thought thought process, because when you start shutting yourself off, even off of outlets of things that you hate, you start becoming more and more inside that bubble. Man, I could not agree more with you, you right now. You got to be careful. Yeah, and that's why I personally, you know, I will acknowledge those hate comments. I will look at RT. I will look at Fox. I will look at CNN, Headline News, MSNBC, all of them, because that's how you become a more uh, informed I, individual. I agree. And I think um, I think that's, you know, it's been something that's really bared out to me as I watch. It's hard. As I watch Fox and RT and I watch Scott Pelley and I watch ABC News, which it's interesting because they're all from a different perspective. Um, RT, you could put RT in there. Um uh, I was watching a few clips on, from Al Jazeera today, and you put it all in the mix, and you really kind of can you can see different perspectives on a story that are very revealing. And I think what we're getting to is a point in time where the consumers of news, and news is really becoming a product. Uh, there's so many interesting like integrations now with iOS around news and Google News, and Google just had a big refresh to their news that includes fact checking. Like news is really becoming a product that people consume. And it's more important than ever that you evaluate each story individually on its own merits. And that's something we definitely try to do here on the show. And, and that's, I think, one of, the great re- one of the reasons I'm super proud that we're uh, listener-supported because we don't come with any particular take. And if we get it wrong, we'll come back and try to correct it. Uh, and I think that is probably long-term going to be where people find themselves getting the most reliable news because they they're going to otherwise be just constantly questioning every See, single thing and, they hear. And I also understand that you know people have limited time with their lives, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. wives, kids, jobs, things like that. And you know, they they feel like they have to hone in on on a place that they can trust on. Um, all I got to say is, you know, and I hope a lot of people do this is no matter if you if you're a Fox person, if you're a Trump supporter, if you're a Trump hater, whatever the case may be, you're a Rachel at, guy or you're a uh... just try really really try. It, it, and honestly, it's it's a practice. Yeah, I personally you got to challenge yourself. Constantly. I personally practice myself. Yeah. to to learn the and get. Those you know what sources. I do? You know what I do is I also follow people on Twitter that I find have the exact opposite opinion to me on stuff. Oh yeah. I yeah. do. I do it too. Yeah. I. I yeah. It's, it's all right. You gotta, so before we get off the whole Twitter thing and the responses to this, the, the the meltdown really occurred this week when Donald Trump responded to some things that were said on Morning Joe, and to have the conversation fully, I'm going to play uh, some clips to give us context. This first one uh, is from Sean Hannity's program, and it is a clip of Joe Scarborough attacking Donald Trump. Now I'm playing this to sort of set up what was said on air before Donald Trump did this latest barrage, just to have some context of the language is being used here. Donald Trump, again, being a schmuck, he looked like a thug. He looked like a goon. 
You look at the handshake. Uh, you look with look look at this. Just what a thug. It's, but it's just what an embarrassment. Look, he's mauling him like an idiot. Like an absolute. It's just what an embarrassment to the United Optics States. Ma- this is so unbalanced. This is so. Uh, he is not well. He's Vladimir Putin's hostage. It would be like somebody pooping their pants and then people looking at it and saying, "Oh, that's modern art." Don't you understand? There's no attempt to hide the fact that that Donald Trump is breaking every promise he made. The Republican fools that are suggesting and, and, and fools on talk radio and fools blogging suggesting that that's just a request. You seriously embarrass yourself because you have been living in your mother's basement, eating Cheetos and blog. Now, um. So I and I play that just to again set the context of the tone that of the oh, coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there were uh, some comments that really pushed things over the edge. They were actually from uh, Mika herself, and I have kind of a cut of that here. Oh, so they were they were coming after him. I guess this is a good a good time to mention this too. Yeah. They were coming after him, giving him a hard time because he had fake covers of uh, himself on the Time magazine at his golf clubs, and they just thought that was hilarious. I have more coverage of that in the overtime. Though we'll move forward. Nothing makes a man feel better than making a fake cover of a magazine about himself, lying every day and destroying the country. Nothing makes a man feel better. Oh well, he's covering his hands here because they're teensy. And that was that was the moment in which Trump decided to go to Twitter. And you have to put all this in context. This has like been well, in some ways, it's been like a year in the making. This feud. I've been watching this interesting tone because when Trump was the candidate, he was actually very buddy buddy with Morning Joe. On June 29th, President Trump escalated once again his feud with Morning Joe, tweeting that they were both crazy and psycho, and then really (laughs) hammering Mika Brzezinski uh, for allegedly having a low IQ and for having a facelift from which she was bleeding when they desperately showed up at Mar-a-Lago around New Year's Eve trying to socialize with the president, and of course he said no. This really sort of ramps up the intensity on a feud that has been going on for more than a year now at this point. Is that necessary? Look, I think what's necessary is to push back against unnecessary attacks on the president. And it really represents a, a dramatic switch from the beginning of the presidential campaign. You have to go back to the middle of 2015 uh, when Trump was a frequent guest on the Morning Joe program. Uh, He and Scarborough have known each other for a long time. They seem to have at least a very friendly on-air rapport. Um, Some reports said that they were too cozy off-camera and that it was becoming uncomfortable for NBC. But whatever the case was, it really changed dramatically, though, beginning in February of 2016 uh, when Trump made that infamous appearance on CNN in which he uh, declined to strongly disavow the support of David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan. That's disqualifying right there. It's breathtaking. That is disqualifying right there. At one point, the relationship deteriorated so badly that in August of 2016, uh, Donald Trump basically picked up on a page six rumor at the time and, and talked about the romantic relationship between Scarborough and Brzezinski. He called Brzezinski uh, Joe's longtime girlfriend, said she was insecure. This is basically part of a, a, a long-running theme in his tweets where he hits both of them, but he hits Brzezinski harder, more personally, and really, frankly, in a sexist fashion that is designed to portray her as this insecure, 
unintelligent side piece who, who wouldn't even be on TV if it were not for her romantic relationship with Scarborough. Hmm. So first off, uh, great piece. I think that kind of broke down the timeline mm-hmm. very nicely. Mm-hmm. All, it felt like without bias. <laughs> yeah, it was from the Washington Post of all it, places. It was too. very very nicely done. I, I want to comment that. Secondly, uh, obviously there is a rift uh, between uh, Scarborough and Trump and, and Mika. Uh, those are the kind of things that I think that any president of the United States should uh, rise above on and mm-hmm. just let it go. Yeah, well, like she says, they got him. Yeah, and uh, even if they don't really have him, like on a, like even if they don't really have the moral high ground, right. They do have him on the fact they triggered him. And I and I, you know, I know Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, you know, hey, the the president's fighting back against this, and you know, I understand the why. I do, I really do. But you're the president of the united states you won the election uh, by seven thousand electoral votes um and you shouldn't worry about this anymore you yeah, should govern yeah, and, and yeah. do your best I, I expand on this in the overtime uh but i know not everybody listening to this part of the show listens to the overtime and so i'll just i'll just give you context like yeah. uh, part of me a part of me thinks yeah this is why trump was elected and part of me does by his base and part of me does wonder if future presidents will now do this because he says this is modern presidential, I I don't I. But here's I the part I, I want to expand know. on. Here I want to I want to draw a comparison. All let's. Right. I'm sick of comparing Obama, uh, but let's let's just take a moment and compare Donald Trump's public reactions to criticism to Bush Jr. Okay. I don't often have many positive things to say about Bush Jr. Yeah. My good friend, by the way. His entire presidency. CNN nailed him over and over again. MSNBC, he was, Bush was highly criticized by the media. Would you agree? Constantly. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, and can you remember a single time where he really came out and, quote unquote, hit back? No. Maybe in a, uh, maybe in a joking way during the uh, White, during the annual White House press conference yeah, uh, dinner yeah. thing. Yeah, and you know, that, that's, that kind of thing, uh, that happens during that period anyway. Yeah, so that is an interesting, draw that comparison, how Bush handled this kind of criticism versus how Trump is handling it. Because it's not like the first time that the media has been down this path. Uh, I still feel like they should be upping their game, though. And n- there is a certain level of blame that lies at their feet this kind of behavior is not acceptable. On June 29th. Nope, not that one. But the kind of behavior like where, there Donald, where, uh, where Joe was calling him a thug and an idiot. I mean, it's one thing to have that opinion, but he is the sitting president. I, I mean, I don't know. I, if your five-year-old I'll went out and I'll, smacked or well, insulted somebody. Well, I, if somebody said no. this about my daughter, and I, I, you know, once again, I'm going to elevate the conversation. Donald, if you're watching. I'm going to elevate the conversation. Donald, if you're watching, this is their favorite narcissistic thing to do is they all like to pretend Cucker does this. uh, Hannity does this. They do it. They all like to pretend that Trump is watching them personally. We're from Queens. I'll meet you in the schoolyard, brother. You oh need God. to be schooled. Okay. No, I'm serious. This is this is Can where we, this needs. We, can no, no. you put the sunglasses back? No, no, no. I, I just, no but he's no, a we, coward. We, he's a coward. We want to kill coward. All right. So, <laughs> so earlier, earlier, uh, <sighs> earlier, she made fun of him. Uh, remember in the in the in the comment where she uh, in this comment here where he played this, uh, she said uh, that he man feel better than making a fake cover. Oh, that was it right there. Feel better than making. Hold on one second. Let me get just to make my point. Nothing makes a man feel better. So you have that comment from her, which to me, that yeah. actually sounds kind of sexist. I mean, if, yeah. I, if I'm being honest yeah, with no, you. It's... And then you have Donnie Douche over there who wants to go fight him in the schoolyard. And it, this language is is also, it's volatile. It's right. it's quote unquote rhetoric. See, and, and, and I look at 
you know the source. First off, Morning Joe they they have a morning show that they are trying to push ratings on. They are just yep. all they're all they're yep. doing is offering their opinions on the stories of the day. They're not the ones out there in the trenches doing the reporting. That being said, that is their their shtick, right? That's their thing. So for for any for the president of the United States to to jump on board with what they don't like, what they're saying. It, it's just like anybody else, he shouldn't right? Be watching. Yeah, he 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 shouldn't be watching. He should be like, what can we do to get jobs here? What can yeah. we do to keep our security safe? Yeah. Those the things that matter to people. Now I understand that. Yeah, he got elected uh, based upon his behaviors. Uh, th- th- that's a part of it. You know, other people didn't like Hillary. But other people wanted a fresh change. You know, whatever the reasons may be. Okay. Now that he's in, people voted him in to do something. He's there now. You won. No one's questioning that anymore. No one no one cares anymore. They are whether or not people accept it or not, that's another story, but you're the president. Let's make it happen. Let's do this. You know, and it's it feels like he's trying to turn it into an us being his cabinet, his administration versus them, meaning people oh, that disagree. Let's come together. Let's get this job done. You want to make America great again? You want to make it great? This is not how you do it. Let's let's actually solve some problems here. It's just a big dis- distraction from from what really needs to get done, and that's the part that really pisses me off and grinds my gears. I think you you echo Tucker, your good beer buddies friends. Oh yeah, exactly. we hang out all the time. John Daniel Davidson is the senior correspondent at the Federalist, and he joins us now. So, John, it seems to me this is the single greatest thing that has happened to cable news. Nothing allows. <laughs> anchors to feel as virtuous, quite as virtuous, as when Donald Trump tweets. Uh, no, it's, it's terrible. Look, when the media reacts this way to Donald Trump's tweets, <laughs> it just confirms his criticism of the media to all his supporters, uh, it, because it's embarrassing to the media, which should be focused on a lot of the important issues that you were talking about earlier, about the Everybody cities. should. There's a health care bill that's, that's being debated yeah. right now. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's not to say that... Yeah, but those topics are boring. They don't drive ratings. See, and that's... Yeah, you're Trump right. should be tweeting. I, I want to be clear. Well, Trump I, I probably shouldn't tweet. Uh, but yes. uh, but when he does, like, yeah. he sort of provokes this overreaction on the part of, of not just the media, but Democrats. And I think that they think they're really uh, getting him. You know, they think that they're really um, got the best of Trump when they when they act like this. Uh, and I, I wish somebody would pull them aside and tell them that it's not having the effect that they think it's having. I feel like on some level, they love it. I mean, it's like Christmas and New Year's and your birthday rolled into one because the <laughs> subtext of all of this criticism, and I agree with you, some of the criticism I think is valid, shouldn't be yeah. tweeting. But the subtext yeah. of their criticism is, I'm a great person. I'm like way better than you. And by the way, I'm tough and I'd beat you up if I could. They're holding me back, but I'd get you if I could. That's kind of true. Yeah. It's just like, really, yeah. I mean, it's, they love it. It's like a, it, it's and to a be fair, Tucker, you love it too because you wouldn't be talking about know, this if sure you weren't. Does. You can tell he's loving it because he's just having a good old time. But I think we all come to agreement. I think most of us uh, don't want to talk about this. We would rather be talking about things that honestly 
matter. So the reason I think it's worth us talking about in this sense, and we don't yeah. often, no, I, I, I know, you're is yeah. uh, this is obviously going to come into play, especially during the midterms and the reelection. This he's not going to live this down. And the Morning Joe hosts are now like display poster children of uh, cyberbullying. It's fantastic, and it's totally whitewashing away the fact that the two of them cheated on their spouses and ran away together and have a bit of a tepid affair. Yeah. That is all probably not too unsurprising, I, but you know it. Still scandalous. Some, sometimes the only way you win is by not playing the game. And, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, about a lot of things in my life, you know, hey, you know, sometimes, you know, if you want to have a shot, you got to get yourself in there. But sometimes so, you got to take the high road. Let me frame this around then. So then why do you respond to the negative criticism on YouTube? I mean, put yourself in Trump's position. That's essentially what he's responding to the trolls. Well, so first off, I don't respond. In, uh, when I do respond, I try to be as concise and respectful in my comments. Right, you're not you're not uh, incendiary, as they say. Yeah, and you know, and I do respect the other person's point of view, and and I more than anybody appreciate a very good dialogue. And you know, I have these dialogues with coworkers. I have these dialogues with you. I, I have them with our audience, and it's one of those things where if 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 I can practice. Learning and knowing the other person's point of view, I think I can be a better person, and that's that's the only goal that I'm trying to do. I mean, I I totally respect people out there that did vote for Trump because they honestly believed in their heart that he was the the only way to to get uh, our country moving in the right direction because they didn't trust the the Clinton organization. They analyzed the data. They they felt that they were doing they they were picking who they felt. Now those. Those people, those people may still feel that way. Sorry, I was reaching into your sack a little yeah, early. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel that? Yeah, I felt it. But no, I mean, I respond to all commentary. Uh, if it's something specific towards me, I try to respond to that to try to express my point of view and, and where my mode of thinking is. I honestly, I, I really try to come down the middle on this subject and 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 try to look at our country and where we should be. What That's, a sideshow it's yeah, been. What yeah, a, it, I hope yeah. uh, I hope this passes. I really do. I want I want it to pass because then at some point it's like the boy who cried wolf, right? You don't know if something's been invented on purpose to distract us from the situation right. or it's an actual real That's situation. That's definitely how I feel right now. Yeah, yeah, it's like come on stop, just stop. Thank you. Too much in the toilet. Ah. I feel better now. All right. So in place of the sack this week, I just looked in there. We don't have much. What I would like to do is a little PSA, uh, a little spot for uh, the show's uh, support method here, patreon.com slash unfilter. You go there, support the show. We're trying to get to our next milestone to do a supplemental show, an additional show each week to uh, stay on top of all of the news and while stuff is still hot and relevant. We only got one supporter this week. So one of the things we're going to do to encourage sign up since the summertime is here and people are spending their money on wax for their surfboards. Hey, uh, hey, hey. Hey, don't stereotype, man. And their bathing suits. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, you, they might want to wax their bathing suit uh, areas. While supplies last, Hello. we're going to give away the hashtag Nancy stickers to new patrons in the month of July. What? Yeah, Patreon. You don't even have to wow. be in the Swag Club. Although you could get in the Swag Club and get future stuff, too. Patreon.com slash unfilter. We're trying to get to that supplemental show. And also, just a little reminder... I will be in Montana the week of the 19th when we would typically record a unfiltered show. So in two weeks, we will not have an episode. I would have liked to see Montana. 
Indeed. I'm going there, but I will not have a good connection, so there's no way I could pull down all I, the gigs I want to apologize, by the way, for uh, to Club 33 uh, today. <gasps> I uh, So my schedule got all whacked out. Um, I was one of the lucky engineers to... Yes. One of the lucky engineers to work on the 4th of July evening. How'd that go? It, it was fun. It was a good evening. A lot of work to you do. You missed an incredible barbecue, dude. I know. And, People and brought she, amazing food. And she uh, texted me, and she's like, hey, uh, can you come on by? And I'm like, I can't. I got to go work. Uh, but usually what I do is on Wednesday mornings, I send hey, I out, invited you last week during the show. Well, I, I, I knew, too. Yeah, no, I, I, I let you know during the show. Yeah, I, I let Ange know. Yeah. yeah. There's still some in the fridge. Oh, wow. <sighs> but anyway... Apologies, Club 33. Don't worry. Look forward to that email next week for the show. And don't worry. I think we still have a couple spots open. So if you want to jump in at Club 33 now, get a part of my sack. OMG, OMG, OMG. Like Megan Kelly's a part of. Jump on over to patreon.com slash unfiltered. They're having a hard time with their new show. Uh, I know. Just taking not, the week off. Yeah. The yeah. ratings are bad. Now, to be fair, most summer ratings aren't very good. Yeah. You know what I've learned even launching Linux Action is you probably don't want to launch a show in the summer. We've gotten a good bounce, but I think we would have probably done even better if we had launched it like in September. the fall. Or, yeah. yeah. All right, Mr. Chase. Well, yes, uh, we have some big news in the high note this week. Our uh, audience- Viva! Las Vegas. Our audience members down there, I've gotten some notes from some of them, like uh, listener Seth, who is uh, very excited already seeing positive changes. People There's a down. new device <laughs> coming to Sin City. Oh. Well, at least now it'll be legal. Oh, I hope man. that we can take this product and accept it for what it is and kind of overcome the stigmas of the past. In Nevada, medical marijuana has been around for years, but this Saturday, July 1st, adults 21 and over will be able to buy up to an ounce of pot for recreational use. Nevada will become the fifth state to allow it after voters approved in November. Three others will start next year. What are you going to do about that momentum, Sessions? What are you going to do? Come down there, Chris. Come down. What are you going to do? Come down. I should probably let, sm- let, I, should, I should smoke a J and calm uh, down. Chris, smoke it and let the clip play. Saturday, July 1st, adults 21 and over will be able to buy up to an ounce of pot for recreational use. Nevada will become the fifth state to allow it after voters approved in November. Three others will start next year. Talk about high stakes. A 10% tax is projected to rake in more than $60 million over the next two years. Jeez. Vegas. Honestly, on a- that feels low than what other states are doing. Oh, yeah. Isn't like Washington doing like 15 or 20 and Colorado's doing like 15 or 20? It's like or, that feels or low. more than that. Yeah, even. it feels low. And especially Vegas. Yeah, like I know. There. Like, <laughs> you know what, though? I say I say that's the way to do it. I say you, you you pull the Scotty maneuver and you double, you under, you know, like so Scotty always says, if something's going to take him an hour, he tells Captain Kirk it's going to take him two hours. That's right. that's Scotty's, that's how it becomes the, the magic. The uh a miracle worker because he always gets it done in half the time because he always quotes it's going to take double the time. Yeah, you you overestimate. Yeah, and you under. So in this case, you do this. You do the reverse. You underestimate how much revenue you're going to make, and then boom, you have this huge story. We've yeah. actually made ninety million. Ah, yeah. Who doesn't want to go down to Vegas and smoke a J while they're walking around the streets of Vegas? Oh I mean, boy, they're going to get in trouble probably. <laughs> People well, get now are the casinos allowing it? In, I, I don't think so. But eventually, that's going to. I mean, if the casinos want it, they have so. How much are you going to stop somebody who's on an edible or something? Right. Well, there's that too, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, com- yeah. Good point. I haven't thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Somebody could definitely have an edible and then go in a casino. They, they eat a pot brownie. And they go in and play the craps. I th- I suspect <laughs> that the casinos will make so much money that oh, totally. they're going to eventually get behind this. Cigarette. 
Cannabis? <laughs> Alcohol? All of the above, they'll say. <laughs> Tourism boom. I don't think it's going to be a gold rush, but I think there'll definitely be an increase in some visitors as a result of the legalization. Technically, the drug's still illegal at the federal level. I honestly think people will travel the world. By the way, uh, Demert's telling us in the chat, $600 fine if uh, you caught smoke in public. Yeah, there. yeah. So That's what I'm saying. They're going to get in trouble. Just like in yeah. Seattle, right? But uh, eventually what happens is then the police get a directive to under-prioritize uh, smoking violations, so it becomes like the least of their concerns. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like a parking ticket. I mean, how many t- I mean, how many times have I walked by a crowd in Seattle and I've gotten a huge uh, 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 cloud of uh, cannabis smoke in my face? Yeah. Uh, you mean, every, actually, literally every time I go to Seattle, that happens to me. And I you know, it's actually more pleasant than cigarette smoke. So if I was going to have to inhale one or the other. But my point here is I think they are dramatically underestimating the draw that Vegas has worldwide. Having spoken to audience members who have come to the States maybe once or twice, maybe it's once to go to Linux Fest and it's the other time it was to go to Vegas. You know what I wonder how it's going to work is when the Raiders move to Vegas. Or, yeah. Uh, the, the Raider Nation is going to be all high. <laughs> Gonna, the end, so. They're not going to be the loudest crowd. Oh, my God. Opponents say tying tourism to pot is a terrible idea. I think Nevada has to think long and hard if they want to be known now as the Amsterdam of weed. It is much stronger than it used to be. It's uh, sending more kids to the hospital. Oh, I love Does that. Does Seattle want to be the Amsterdam? Does Denver, Colorado want to more, be the and more San kids Francisco? In the hospital. And my source for that information is... Oh, by the way, accidents have gone up. <laughs> And we just believe it. Yep. And the legalization industry is turning into another predatory. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I love it, wait, dude. The legalization industry. The legalization industry, which is a separate effort in each individual state. Right. Uh, Tobacco type industry. You won't be able to smoke it in public, just good. private homes. Yeah. So no lighting up in casinos or hotels. Mark my words, <laughs> Red Book prediction. That is going to be happening. I bet you a hundred. I bet you. I. Bet you for Vegas. Rever- I bet you five hundred dollars. No, you should Chris. do is bet me a reverse steak dinner. But <laughs> I, re- <laughs> no, I, re- I, I, I bet you a, uh, a steak dinner at the Treasure Island uh, <laughs> that um, people will be definitely doing stuff in oh, the casino. Yeah. And I bet you that the casino will be like, "Come on in, come maybe. on in." Uh, they might be worried about the smells well, in hotels. Well, well, maybe they they won't be completely like say you can vape or you can have an edible. Oh, vaping, or, of course. I, yes. You know, it's so funny when they frame this. I hadn't thought of edibles. I hadn't thought of vaping because the way they talk about they just this, talk about smoking. Yeah, and it's not just about that. But anymore. you could vape like under the radar in Vegas all day long, and they would never know. No one. Would but ever there are know. questions about enforcement, and near the strip, edibles are expected to fly off shelves. I don't know. I think there's benefits to legalizing it, and not so. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Everything else is in Vegas. They might as well. With more than 40 million annual tourists already, this budding industry will be watching <laughs> what happens uh. in Vegas. Yeah, because yeah. it will stay yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> Back to you. Back to you. Yeah, it is. It is going to be, I think, huge for Vegas. Oh, yeah. And I, the reason why, the reason why I keep hammering that point is because the momentum this building isn't just the legal precedent that's being set in these individual states, making it more and more a states' right issue, but it's also the sheer amount of money. That's being made, and that's going to be impossible. If anything, I think it goes to show that with anything in moderation, it, it can be done safely. And I and I think what's going on is all these states are starting to realize that a uh, the the bogusness 
is not true, and they can make a whole bunch of revenue. Well, <laughs> I think that's very, very likely. Yes. Well, buddy, you know, we have more show coming up. The Overtime, overtime. is just around the corner with the additional clips, and it's brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash unfilter. Listeners like you. But in case people are done with their veggies and need to head out for the week, I mean, Mr. Chase, I yes. believe we should leave them with a little parting wisdom. Where yes. should they find you throughout the week? Please. I love the interaction on Twitter, at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S is my oh. Twitter handle. You can also follow my gaming stuff that I do, at Geek Gamer. TV, a lot of fun stuff. We're good. By the way, happy to announce for the sixth consecutive year we are be covering PAX as media, and maybe we can maybe we can uh, steal you because I just I I put out a old video clip. Where can people follow your stuff, man? Your vlogs and all that fun jazz. At Chris Las on the tweeters, and uh, go find me on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Chris Fisher. That's my name. And also follow the network at Jupiter Signal for show announcements, news, and don't forget that RSS feed because you know we're going to have a week off. And, you know, by the time it comes up, you might forget which episode it was going to be. Just go subscribe to the feed. Do it. And then you get the show every single week when we put it out. That's easy. Don't forget that full live stream is available whenever possible thanks to YouTube at patreon.com slash unfilter for everybody. Yes. Supporters or freeloaders. (laughs) Enjoy the whole thing, the unfiltered experience over there. Okay, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode. I hope you had a great 4th of July if you celebrated it. Enjoy the fireworks, and we'll see you right back here next next week. over at patreon.com slash unfilter for staying woke only one new patron this week William M you have the strong sauce my friend and you have inspired me William you have inspired me to encourage more patrons we're gonna whoa we're gonna give away that was like dramatic we're gonna give away a sticker to uh, is while supplies last to our new patrons that sign up for the month of july you don't have to be swag level we have some extra oh nancy stickers we just have a few left but enough to give give out to a good handful of new patrons so patreon.com slash unfilter if you sign up in the month of july you will get an hashtag oh nancy sticker however you can also join the swag level and then just get all that stuff all the time speaking of oh nancy should we get started this week with our O Nancy segment? I uh, I only really have one clip of Nancy, but it's a long one and it's a doozy. So uh, Nancy Pelosi gets confused about the time of day, not once, but twice in this clip, forgets the latest Russia accusations just six minutes after she's made them and stumbles through many of her words. Ladies and gentlemen, the latest and greatest from Nancy Pelosi. It is afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for being here. I'm honored this morning, or now afternoon, and what does that mean? Higher costs or fewer benefits, a terrible age tax, undermining Medicare, uh, uh, 
stealing from Medicare and Medicaid, as I should have said. As they do this, they're making assault on Medicaid, which is, uh, again, very dangerous to children and other living things should they succeed. And one of the things that they have not done is paid sufficient attention to the assault on our electoral system that the Russians perpetrated in the last campaign. Okay, keep track. For one example. Okay. They're doing it in other countries. They may uh-huh. have done it here before. Okay. Uh, they hacked our democracy. Okay, they hacked our democracy. Okay. 21 states. Whoa! 21 states now. 21 states. Uh, I wonder if anybody in the chat room would want to Google how many states the DHS worked with to do cybersecurity penetration testing. I wonder if it was 21. And local election systems were per- penetrated. Would that be the same 21 states? So did you just count the same thing twice? And again, we're... We are finding out things that we, this is six minutes later. We didn't even know before. For example, was it um, how many states have been how many Nancy compromised? Jerem, how many was it? And, and all of this. How, how many was it, guys? How many? Twenty-one. <laughs> He's giving her that. You hear that? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Compromised and, and all of this. Twenty-one. There you go. There you go. Helping help her out. Hey, hey, hey! It's twenty-one. Compromised and, and all of this. Twenty-one. 21, uh, 20, 21 states. And again, I always say, you know, what is it that the Russians have on Donald Trump, politically, personally, or financially, that we have to uh, pussyfoot around when I'm it sorry, comes what? to uh, sanctions on Russia? You know, I always say, what connections and blackmail does Nancy Pelosi have over her own party members that she remains in power? <laughs> you see how that works? You see how you can throw that shit around, Nancy? Now, those of you that have been tuning into Overtime for a while know that this segment is really about identifying the rot. The rot, and you know what I'm talking about. That Democratic Party rot. The one that's causing them to lose election after election. The most important election, of course, the presidency, but even all of the lower levels of governments. There's a rot! And the people can smell it. And I think parts of the Democratic Party are becoming very aware of it, even the ones that aren't in the Bernie wing. And so let's do a little examination of a range of characters. And let's start this week with a name and a brand that the Democrats need to distance themselves from as fast as freaking possible. That's your good buddy, my friend, the Internet's favorite, John Podesta. In the United States. There's a real question about what the response from the DNC was when your emails were hacked. I mean, look, obviously your emails were hacked. The DNC emails were hacked. It was a huge deal during the campaign. And and it may very well have swayed people uh, in terms of the election. Now, Congressman Trey Gowdy of South Carolina is asking why a decision was made not to turn over the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton's email server to law enforcement or intelligence agencies. When you got hacked, why wasn't the D- and the DNC got hacked? Why wasn't the DNC server passed over? Why wasn't it given See, to law enforcement and the intelligence agencies? Did I like how he licks his lips there like a lizard. Uh, that's nice. Enforcement or intelligence agencies. When you got hacked, why wasn't the D- and the DNC got hacked? Why wasn't the DNC server passed over? Why wasn't it given to law enforcement and the intelligence agencies? Did you not want government agencies to investigate this? That sounds like she's uh, asking a hard hitting question but in reality she's giving him a softball it sounds like right she really sounds like she's nailing him on this why didn't the why didn't you want them to look at the server you got hacked 
Why wasn't the D and the DNC got hacked? Why wasn't the DNC server passed over? Why wasn't it given to law enforcement and the intelligence agencies? Did you not want government agencies to investigate this? So that sounds like okay, yeah, all right. Boy, look at her. She's really she, well, she's putting it to John Podesta. Of course, it's a super easy, simple question for Podesta to answer because he had nothing to do with the frickin' DNC. Look, the uh, Hillary Clinton servers were turned over to the agencies. Uh, with respect to the DNC, I wasn't involved with that. I was the chair of, of uh, Hillary's campaign. That was uh, a matter for the uh, DNC. I don't know uh, the circumstance of whether they were asked for them or whether they said yes or no. But I think that, the, if anything, it looks like the FBI was uh, fairly casual, maybe as a kind word, what? Uh, about the fact that they were... Uh, what they knew, how much they were investigating. They Is were the lackadaisical in their approach to the DNC. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I think you have to look at the whole picture. And oh. it seems like, if anything, it's on the FBI oh. that didn't come forward and uh, uh, really uh, inform uh, the DNC about what was going on until long after, uh, essentially, the, ho- the horse was out of the barn door. Why? So it's the FBI's fault, guys. Just ask John. John says it's the FBI's fault. Straight up. You know, the FBI just didn't want the server bad enough. So they were lackadaisical about it. Okay. Yeah, I guess blame the fire guy, right? Blame James. Blame James. Blame the fire guy. Let's unpack this for a second. Let's go with uh, let's go with this version just as a thought experiment. This isn't the first time I've heard this, and that's why I'm willing to just entertain it for a moment. I'm not saying I think it's true. I think it's obvious that they likely uh, they likely did everything they could to try to prevent the FBI from investigating those servers. So I'm not buying it for a second, but let's just go with it because I've heard other people report this as well. The FBI was happy to accept the results from a trusted third party. Well, it, to me, if I was going to cut through all the bullshit, it really suggests one thing to me. Each party knew that the Russian narrative was bullshit, and so there was no sense of urgency. You see what I'm saying? The DNC knew that the Russian narrative was bullshit. The FBI and their position of information knew that the Russian narrative was a political smokescreen. And so there was no real urgency to getting their hands on the server. Why waste our time? We've got real cases to solve. We've got real problems. We don't need to get involved in this political shitstorm. If they want to have a third party sign off and say it's the Russians, we'll accept it. So then I would ascribe that as lackadaisical. It's a possibility. It's a possibility that everyone was in on it. It's also a possibility that the DNC is full of a bunch of liars who have been exposed as liars, like Debbie Washington Schultz, who's being blackmailed right now, and that we shouldn't trust a damn thing that John Podesta or anyone from the DNC says about the entire situation. Yeah, no, you know, that's also very possible. But now you're seeing Democrats who want to win elections in the midterms separating themselves from the rest of the party. Let me get your take on your party overall before we go. As you know, your party has not been on a roll when it comes to winning elections, lost presidency. Democrats lost to four special elections recently. Bernie Sanders came out earlier this month and said it's the Democratic Party that lost this election, not that Donald Trump won it. He says the Democratic Party lost it. 
Do you think your party needs a reboot, needs a different strategy heading into midterms? Uh, absolutely. I-, I wonder if a reboot is going to be a term that starts taking off. Keep it on. That could work. You know, that's a good a reboot. It's techy. It plays well with the Silicon Valley supporters. It's a reboot. I think uh, we need a revival. Uh, oh, a revival. Ooh, that plays well with the flyover states. I am liking this. Uh, we need to really understand and listen to the American people. You know, all those poor people that are beneath me? We need to have connection. I, uh, When I ran, I told the local Democrats that I am not running for the Democratic Party. I am not even running against the Republican Party. I'm running for the people in my district. And that's what we need to come back to. The That's, a, that's a, basically a populist position. And it's probably one that could work. Essence of, of who we are, which is to stand up for the American people and really fight for them and their and their concerns in the workplace. There's concerns in the classroom. There are concerns at home. There are concerns in the uh, uh, physicians' offices. And this is what we need to stand for because in this debate with healthcare, there are Republican patients, there are Democratic patients, there are Republican and Democratic seniors who are going to lose their their potential nursing home care, and that's what we need to fight for. Hmm. Congressman, thank you very much. Whoa! Woo! Yeah, so he's essentially saying, you know, I might have Democrat in my name, but that's just so that way I have a chance of winning. Isn't that kind of what he's saying? So I said we get to more in the overtime, and I meant it. Here is a little more information about the story that started this whole Twitter feud between the idiots on Morning Joe and the idiots in the White House. In five of President Trump's clubs around the country, including Mar-a-Lago, there hangs a framed Time magazine cover from 2009 featuring one Donald J. Trump. It's a fake, a Photoshop, first reported by The Washington Post's David Farenthold. That's why he gets the Pulitzers. Some tip-offs include the use of exclamation points. Trump is hitting on all fronts, even TV, and The Apprentice is a television smash. The date was made up. Time Inc. confirmed there was no March 1st, 2009 issue. The White House response today, we couldn't comment on the decor at Trump golf clubs one way or another. <laughs> Donald Trump was never on the cover of Time magazine at all in 2009. Oh there was, gosh. however, a March 2nd, 2009 issue with Kate Winslet on the cover. And whoever did the phony Trump cover borrowed some of the headlines from the real cover and just dragged them over and put them on the fake one. And then someone took that Photoshop Time magazine cover and had it printed, blown up, five times and then framed and then hung in at least five Trump clubhouses to impress the membership. Now, if any of those members happen to scan the barcode on the fake Time magazine cover, they discover it's actually a barcode for software that lets you be a karaoke DJ. I love it. It all adds a bit of perspective on a day when the president tweeted that basically every news outlet in America is fake news. Oh, oh, you got him there, Chris Hayes. (laughs) Oh, you really got him there, didn't you, buddy? Oh, that was fake news. It is, it is an easy one, though, to go after him. I'll, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Now they're going after Obama, though, them being the kind of Democrats that stop by MSNBC, for his lack of Russia response. And I covered this last week. But now, you know, I got a bunch of clips of it. So let's just have a fun moment. Watch how the tides turn when the political winds just blow in a certain direction. When you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Uh-oh. Not al-Qaeda. What? You said Russia. You guys remember that. you think that the Obama administration choked uh, and should have done more when it knew that Rus- the Russians were interfering? 
Yes. I think the Obama administration should have done a lot more when it became clear that not only was Russia intervening, but it was uh, being directed at the highest levels of the Kremlin. President Obama, um, he did not do nothing. He did a lot, but he didn't do enough. He's that there was smoke coming out of the kitchen. The response was to open the windows when we needed them to really take a fire extinguisher to the problem. And talked about hacking going on, but he didn't specify that it was Russia. Given the seriousness of this, I think the administration needed to call out Russia earlier. Criticized President, former President Barack Obama for not doing enough. By the way, I happen to agree with that. I needed to act to deter and punish Russia earlier. Kind of a slap on the wrist. And I think that was a very serious mistake. Well, what was known back in August, and once it was verified and cross-checked, should have been made public. And it was you know, set in terms that you could easily have just ignored. I, I wish that he and the administration would have acted differently here. But the biggest long-term threat uh, to our democracy, indeed democracy around the world, that does come from Russia. In the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because you know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. President Trump's travel ban officially went into effect just a few seconds ago. We'll get to that momentarily. But first, this morning, Washington melted down. You may have heard about it. Not because war broke out or the economy collapsed. Worse, the president tweeted something nasty about cable news hosts. In case you're returning from New Zealand tonight and missed it, here's what he wrote. Quote, I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me? She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. Well, that was it. Chaos erupted. Democrats in Congress rushed to the nearest microphone to express shock and horror and call for the president's resignation. I think it's so blatantly sexist. I don't even know that there's a question about it. Uh, but uh, sad to say, I am still the highest ranking woman. I thought that was all going to be resolved in November. You see, I got you guys some Nancy. I just didn't put her up top. And call for the president's resignation. You're welcome. I think it's so blatantly sexist. I don't even know that there's a question about it. Uh, but uh, sad to say, I am still the highest ranking woman. I thought that was all going to be resolved in November. Uh, instead, we have a person in the White House who not only is, doesn't happen to be a woman, uh, but happens to disrespect women. It's oh, too bad. You spend your time in the morning dealing with attacking human beings that happen to be Americans and happen to be the media. Well, let me tell you something, Mr. President. I've gone through, as a member of the Judiciary Committee, impeachments, but we can't wait that long. It is time for you to resign. Well, meanwhile, over at CNN, you would have thought a new ISIS torture tape had been released, except worse, because it was Trump. The man who, in his life and in the campaign, has acted like a misogynist, a sexist, a sexual predator. He is just not a decent human being. This is objectively a statement from the highest office in the land, from the president that objectifies women. This is a statement that is cruel. It attacks 
a woman's appearance. This dude, this disgusting dude, is the president of the United States and says, listen, you crazy lunatic 70-year-old man, baby, stop it. You are now the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief, and you need to stop acting like a mean girl. Got that? Because Trump attacked one woman, he attacked all women. He's a sexist because he's acting like, quote, a mean girl, which is suddenly a feminist thing to say, despite the fact it's an attack on girls. Okay, so what is this really about? Well, first, Trump is fighting back. The media suggests he's a mentally ill criminal. He calls them on their facelifts. He's a brawler. They're shocked by that, but they shouldn't be. There's something else going on, though. Trump doesn't play by the rules. He's a threat to the people who make and enforce the rules. In this case, the media establishment here in Washington. They hate him for that, and for good reason. They pretty much said so out loud today. I can tell you working overseas in war zones, you know, people are emboldened by the actions of this administration, yes. emboldened by the all out sort of declaration of war on the media. ISIS is emboldened by Trump's tweets. Let's break that down just for a second, just to address that specifically. Um, let's. I can tell you working overseas uh -huh. in war zones, you know, people are emboldened right, by people. the actions of this administration. Well, so first of all, ISIS is a CIA-funded operation, funded and supplied by the CIA and our partners from Qatar and Turkey and Saudi Arabia and others, probably Israel. But let's let's set that aside here for a second, and let's just address that particular thing head on. To me, it seems like Trump is a loose cannon who has a thin skin who will attack anybody who comes after him, and he'll do it in a public platform, or he'll do it behind the scenes, or he'll do it in a way that is devastating to a person. Seems like that's sort of what we've come to. If I'm, if I'm a terrorist, or if I'm the Chinese president, or I'm Vladimir Putin, I'm watching this and I'm going, this son of a bitch has a short fuse and I better not fuck with him, because otherwise he's going to screw my shit up. He's going to hit me ten times harder. I am not defending the behavior, but I am simply saying, he looks like a loose cannon who will hit you ten times harder. That's actually probably a message we would want to send to terrorists. So I kind of find this entire analysis to be horseshit. Also, <clears throat> this woman who is speaking never actually goes into Syria. She's always on the border of Turkey or she's always in Israel. So this reporter is this, she's a phony. She is. I this is what drives me crazy about her is she does these she does these exposés on the Assad regime's chemical attack and she does it from Jerusalem. As if that, as if her shooting on location at Jerusalem gives her some sort of additional authority on the matter. It drives me totally crazy. And then here she is, citing how when she's over there, she notices it emboldens people. I can tell you working overseas in war zones, you know, people are emboldened by the actions of this administration, emboldened by the all-out sort of declaration of war on the media. There are people in the country who don't understand that, that this is a cynical reality TV game um, and are going to hear over and over again. This is the editor-in-chief of The Atlantic here going to hear over and over again from the president that the reporters, journalists are enemies of the state. And someone, I mean, God forbid, but someone is going to do something violent against God forbid journalists in, in, in a large way. And then I know where the fault lies. So not only are they thin skinned narcissists, but they're also a bunch of paranoid losers. In other words, disagreement equals violence. If you criticize me, you're a physical threat. I feel unsafe. You must be silenced. First they came for Morning Joe. 
You've seen this gambit on college campuses for years. It's how liberals silence dissent by conflating contrary opinions with violence. I have to say. If it's strange to see middle-aged reporters. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have to say. I was in Berkeley when Trump was elected, actually, uh, just after he's elected, during the protests. There was there was people there, you know, I mean, it doesn't feel like they're open to the concept of free speech, open minded discussion it felt very um you're either with us or you're a fascist enemy and it was kind of intense because uh not only was it sort of intense for me but alan jude was there and he's at a, he's you know he's from canada so he's watching all of this with sort of a detached perspective and so to hear his thoughts on it was really interesting too and essentially to him it's like well yeah trump's a moron to you know to in from the canadian perspective they all think i think a lot of them that would be considered liberal up in Canada think Trump's a moron. Uh, but even to him, like he's like, these protesters are being ridiculous. Brett, I feel unsafe. You must be silenced. First they came for Morning Joe. You've seen this gambit on college campuses for years. It's how liberals silence dissent by conflating contrary opinions with violence. If it's strange to see middle-aged reporters in a studio in Washington fretting about their own safety, it shouldn't be. Passive aggression is the universal currency of the left. <laughs> Nothing is more wow. empowering than victimhood. Wow. Wow, Tucker. He's just going all in now. He's got his own show. It won't be long before NBC's entire White House unit claims affirmative action status. So the left's response to this is predictable and silly. No surprise there. But that is no defense of these tweets. They were stupid and they were counterproductive. They achieved no policy objective. They elevated a televised sideshow to cultural icon status. They brought joy to the left while embarrassing the president's supporters. They allowed liberals to crow about the degradation of the public square, even as they financed their campaigns with donations from Hollywood sleaze merchants. Oh, what? Let's be totally clear about this and not lie about it. Oh, the okay. left doesn't hate Trump because he's vulgar, though he is. They applauded when Barack Obama vacationed with rappers. They think Lena Dunham is an artist. They hired Kathy Griffin. No, they hate Trump because he's a nationalist who says the interests of America and its people ought to come first. And that's fine. Let them hate him for that. The rest of the country loves it. That's the real tragedy of today's tweets. They were a diversion. When the president talks about the people who elected him, he wins. When he talks about himself, the left does. The president was not elected to pick fights with TV hosts. He was elected because he promised an agenda the country actually needs, but nobody else but him was offering. So in case he's watching tonight, here's a quick recap oh, man. of what the campaign was about. He might be. Secure the border, keep America out of pointless wars, replace Obamacare with a system that expands affordable coverage for the middle class, bring jobs to the heartland, push back against the vultures on Wall Street. That's how people voted for Donald Trump. That's what he ought to do. Wow. The press doesn't like it. Ignore them. If members of his staff try to divert his energy to other agendas, fire them. Wow. Rarely has a president been elected with a clearer message, a clearer mission. Restore the middle class. If he sticks to that, he will win. If he doesn't, he won't. Wow. Actually, I think he nails it at the end there. And what's weird about that, if you think about it, he's watching Trump. He's watching. You know he's watching. And Tucker has an idea and a pretty, I mean, Tucker knows, right? You would know. You, it, word comes out if the president watches your show. And he watches Fox. And he's watching news all the time, especially in the evening when Tucker's on. The reason I mention that, uh, I could you imagine that? Could you imagine, like, if I found out that Trump watched this show and I did something like that? That takes some balls. I got it. I just putting myself in that position. Imagine if you could upload a YouTube video and you knew that the president was watching that live. 
And that could have, of course, for Tucker, that means it has impacts on his career. Like, telling the president to STFU, STFU on Twitter and get back to the agenda. And by the way, here's what your agenda was in case you forgot. <laughs> I got to give it to Tucker. That's not bad. I think we're always looking for ways to add additional flexibility. Now, this is a bit of an awkward moment here. something certainly to be considered. Coming up is uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders having to struggle right after uh, Trump had tweeted about the uh, Morning Joe host. Sarah, what about the Republicans who are criticizing the president? I want to go back to the uh, shooting and remember what President Trump said then. He said, our country will perhaps become closer, more unified. So important. So important. Does his tweet this morning, his series of tweets, help to unify the country? Uh, again, Kristen, I think I've asked, and this question has been asked, and I've answered it several did, times. Do tweets help to unify the country to do what he said he wanted to see happen in the wake of that shooting? Look, again, I, I think that the president is pushing back uh, against people who attack him day after day after day. Where is the outrage on that? You guys are constantly coming and asking, like, is this okay? He does it one time. This is day after day after day. And it's not just the president. The only person that I see a war on is this president and everybody that works for him. Oh, man. To follow up on that. One is that I understand your point, but he is the president of the United States. They are cable news anchors. So he has to stand to a higher standard. No, the chat room's asking, did Spicer quit? No, Spicer is uh, still there, but uh, she's been taking the camera more and more. I, I'm not something is definitely going on. One. And two, you talk about criticism. He said that former President Obama wasn't born in this country, right? So he clearly was a part of criticizing. They're never going to let it go. The past president, who was not immune to criticism himself. So I wonder how you make that argument. Uh, again, I'm... I think I've been pretty clear that when the president gets hit, he's going to hit back harder, which is what he did here Get today. Get hit! Does he have to meet a higher standard than cable news Higher standard! Look, I, I don't think you can expect someone to be personally attacked day after day, minute by minute. Let's take that uh, just for one second. So I do kind of like the assumption here. So she said, uh, hold on, let me go back, see if I can get it, because it was a good point. Hit back harder, which is what he did okay, here yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. Now, qu- listen, because there's a lot of overtalk. Yeah, the cable news anchor, Sarah, doesn't he have to meet a higher standard? Doesn't he have to meet a higher standard than cable news anchors? Than cable news anchors. Now, what I find great about that question is, yes, the answer is yes. But what it also is, is a get-out-of-jail-free card. Because you can go around and yell poo-poo and shit on air all you want, and they'd be like, but we're cable news, you know? So that's fine, right? Vaginas, everybody. High five. Cable news. And then, like, what is that? Like, that is, like, the, the, the worst defense ever. So you get to throw any shit on the wall that you want and see what sticks. And it doesn't matter what it is because at the end of the day you can go, yeah, but we're cable news. So, right? Everybody's cool, right? Cause, but he's POTUS. He's POTUS. News anchors, Sarah, doesn't he have to meet a higher standard than cable news anchors? Uh, look, I, I don't think you can expect someone to be personally attacked day after day, minute by minute, and sit back. Look, the American people elected a fighter. They didn't elect somebody to sit back and do nothing. That's They, they knew what they were getting when they voted for Donald Trump, and he won overwhelmingly. Sarah, how is insulting a woman on Twitter being what, a fighter? What about the impact of, of statements like this on his effectiveness? 
There was a, a Marist poll this week that, that said 68 percent of registered voters. Man, you know what? I, I think they're going. I mean, maybe one reason they're going with Sarah here is because she's she's tough as rocks. I mean, she makes uh, she makes spicy Sean look like a sweaty mess. I mean, she doesn't get rocked by any of this stuff. She handles these people with like efficiency. And I, I got to give it to her. I don't like all the things that she's saying, but the way she handles it compared to any other press secretary that I've ever watched, I couldn't stand Josh Ernest. And Spicy, while he's fun, he does look like a bit of a hot mess, and it's easy for somebody to, to like, SNL to mock him for it because he's kind of a hot mess up there. But she's a rock. You know, the chairman and I were talking about why, why Spicy Sean hasn't been there, and one of the ideas floated was that maybe they put a woman up there to soften the reporters a bit. That could be. Because they're not going to mock a woman like they mock Spicy Sean, I suspect. They won't be as, at least when it comes to appearances, like sweating and things like that, they wouldn't go after her like they would Spicy Sean. So that that is a really calculated, almost reverse sexist move by the White House, if that's true. I could literally, I think, though, the more charitable version is... They put her in here because she's better than Sean, and they're perhaps trial running her to see if she should just replace Sean. That would be my charitable version of it is that Sean's going to become the director of – well, he is going to become the director of communications, and she's going to be his replacement. The reason why they haven't announced her as it is because they're just not sure yet because this is a tough-as-hell job. Could you imagine – Especially like when you don't agree with some of the stupid shit that Trump has tweeted. Like you're like, why is this guy going after Mika Brzezinski again? Why? Oh, I got to go out there and talk to these idiots about that. Like that would be the most frustrating thing ever in, for them. Because these are real people. They have their own opinions and ideas and thoughts. They, so it's got to be the toughest job out, out there. And so I think they're just letting just letting her go out there and see how she does in the kitchen. Week that, that's at 68. That's probably coming across sexist, but you know what I mean? Like, toss her in and see if she can keep up. ...percent of registered voters say the president's tweets are reckless and distracting. Only 22% say that they're effective and informative. And Republicans on this question are split down the middle. Half of Republicans say that they're they're reckless and distracting. So how... how you argue that this is something the president must do. Oh, Axiom says, and I don't know if this is true or not, but Axiom in our chat room says that uh, she has a strong religious background, has supported Trump for a while, and is a rallier for support in Trump's space. I didn't know that. Um, I guess maybe I you know, could spend five minutes and Google, Google her. Uh, I guess actually maybe I should since she seems to be around more and more. She just kind of they kind of slipped her in. So I just sort of sat back and didn't think too much more about it. I, I answered this question yesterday in regards to the poll. Uh, I think any time the president has a chance to speak directly to the American people, it's a good thing. Oh, Sarah, how do you feel about the president attacking another woman specifically for her looks? And what did that show as an example to how men should be treating other women? Now, this is an interesting one. The woman angle. So this is a woman reporter asking a woman spokesperson. And I don't know what Sarah's about to say here, but look at that face. That is like, I'm about, I'm disgusted with you. I'm about to, I'm about to rip you a new one face. Look, everybody wants to make this a, a, an attack on a woman and a quality. What about the constant attacks that he receives or the rest of us? I'm a woman and I've been attacked by this show multiple times, but I don't cry foul because of it. Uh, I think that, you know, you want to create this false narrative. Uh, one hand, it's like, let's treat everybody equally. And on the other hand, they attack, 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 and he responds, and apparently that's wrong. I'm sorry, guys. I've, I've answered this question. Oh. Allie. And this kind of gets to the point that's been made. And 
Exactly. This is the point that's been made, so I'm not sure why we're continuing this. Talking about the president as a fighter, I just want to put it in because you talk about being personally affected by all of this as well. And that nothing is wrong with the president fighting fire with fire is the argument that you're making. So I, I would ask this to you sort of on a personal level. You have stood here and talked about your family. Personal level. Your family. Are you going to tell your kids this behavior is okay? Wow! Now, do you think they would have asked that question to Sean? No. Of course. Of course not. Of course not. But because she's a woman, they can use this against her now. Isn't that incredible? And it's another woman doing it. Look, I've been asked before uh, when it comes to role models as a person of faith. Uh, I think we all have one perfect role model. And when I'm asked that question, I point to God. I point to my faith. Oh, and that's man. That's why I tell my kids to look. Wow. Uh, none of us are perfect. Nailed it. And certainly there's only one that is, and that's where I would that point that direction. Damn, that boy, Trump's going to love that answer. Trump is going to, you know, he's watching that. And he's like, she's hired. That just got her the job. I guarantee it. I guarantee it, that just got her the job. Trump's going to love that answer. Now, there's a story that I think is 100% possible. Absolutely. Don't know if it's true. I think it's 100% possible. And that is that Donald Trump was leveraging a tabloid against the Morning Joe hosts. The thing is, is the Inquirer is owned by a close personal friend of Donald Trump, and he has boasted in the past about killing stories, personally killing stories in the Inquirer on behalf of his good buddy Donald Trump. TMZ and my This morning, MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski hitting back at President Trump hitting back. 24 hours after he personally attacked her on Attack. Twitter. Um, my family brought me up really tough, but I am very concerned. You guys remember what it was like on the Internet before the normals were on there? And when somebody said something stupid on the Internet, uh, it was just them being a dick and trolling. And now it's attacking. It's like every all the normals, they take it so seriously. Like a, as if somebody's Twitter feed shows up right in front of your face when you're walking around the real world. And, and, and I'm not trying to minimize what happens online. But it is so amazing to me, as someone who has been here since the age of BBSs, that we now take what people say on something as stupid as Twitter as if it is as if it is a statement that somebody says to your face. And I guess that's just how it has to be. I mean, it makes sense. I'm not, I'm not criticizing necessarily. But I, I do come from a perspective, from like a late 80s perspective, looking at this and going, back in the day, you, didn't, you just didn't take it so seriously because people say stupid shit behind a keyboard. They become keyboard warriors and they say stupid shit that they would never say to your face in person. But the problem is now the whole damn world's on the Internet and they've ruined it. TMZ and my This morning, MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski hitting back at President Trump 24 hours after he personally attacked her on Twitter. Um, My family brought me up really tough, but I am very concerned as to what this once again reveals about the president of the United States. It's strange. A war of words and now a new accusation. Joe Scarborough claiming three White House officials said they could stop a negative story from running in the National Enquirer if the hosts scaled back their ongoing criticism of the president. And they said, if you call the president up and you apologize for your coverage, uh, then he will pick up the phone 
and basically spiked the story. They were calling my children. They were calling close friends. You're talking about the National Enquirer. That prompting the president to tweet. It. I don't know if I believe that part of it. I can't tell you why. Um, just just call it 242 weeks of doing this show. But that last part, <clears throat> that sounds unsubstantiated. It could have been anybody. It could have been anybody who thinks that Mika Brzezinski is simply in a position of privilege because of who her father was. And anybody who is a Donald Trump supporter that listens to the thing that, things that she has said about Donald Trump that is pissed off. And then you take in people who might be a Donald Trump supporter who maybe are sexist. And then you take in people who have had been cheated on by their wives. And then you really have a recipe for people to harass you, especially when you're a public figure. Um, it's, it, I, I'm, I, I think it's awful. It's, it's a gross, disgusting aspect of humanity. But the reality is it doesn't necessarily have to be inquire people harassing. And the reason why I say that, too, is Scarborough has backed off on some of that. And, and, and when Mika was pressed on it, she backed off a bit. Coverage. Uh, then he will pick up the phone and basically spike the story. They were calling my children. They were calling close friends. You're talking about the National Enquirer. That prompting the president to tweet, it was the other way around. He called me to stop a National Enquirer article. I said no. Tonight, the Enquirer saying, at no time did we threaten either Joe or Mika or their children in connection with our reporting on the story. We have no knowledge of any discussions between the White House and Joe and Mika about our story and absolutely no involvement in those discussions. Now, the story is one that's already ran. It's already published. It's a story about how Joe cheated on his wife and Mika cheated on her spouse. And then Joe and Mika ended up together as a couple. <laughs> that's that. That's the story. And I could see the Inquirer calling children and calling family members to try to get scoops. In analysis by NBC News of back issues for the past several years during his campaign and his presidency found many pro-Trump headlines and stories and few critical of Mr. Trump. The Inquirer helped him launch his presidential campaign in 2015. I like how the NBC report here is essentially pointing out that media ownership matters. Hey. NBC viewers, take that into account. By running articles billed as being written by Mr. Trump himself. Now, more bipartisan calls for the president to apologize for his Twitter attack. The White House tonight, defiant. And I endorse, as the First Lady has said, him firing back when he's being mercilessly attacked. He is creating so much chaos that is completely overtaking any message of the week on health care, on visitors from foreign leaders. Well, let's stop there. Okay, so let's hit the pause button as I just did. So he's creating the chaos. Ultimately, I think the buck does stop with him. I think he really, I think, you know, really, uh, I go back to, uh, I know I've mentioned this before, but I go back to George W. Bush and I think about how he was constantly being torn apart on CNN for destroying the Constitution. It was their favorite line about George Bush. George Bush, Bush is an idiot. Bush is destroying the Constitution. The Republicans are ruining the environment. They've destroyed the economy. They just nailed the guy for years, even late into his presidency. Nailed him. Of course, never nailed him really about wars and stuff like that. But they nailed him. They nailed him and nailed him and nailed him, especially on the more uh, Democratic-leaning news outlets. And, you know, I can't think of one time, really, that Bush took a shot. Can you? I mean, he's pretty much in hiding now, and he seems like a, he seems like a ruined man. But... Uh, he, I can't ever think of a time that Bush came out and took a shot. 
So I really do believe that the buck does stop with Donald Trump. However, I don't think the label creator is fair. Having watched for many ages now the Morning Joe show, they have gone from Trump fan, surprisingly, like buddy-buddy with Trump, to now at war with Trump. And during that entire time, they have truly been the provocateurs. It really did start when Joe criticized Donald Trump for not disavowing David Duke, which Trump did kind of do later on. But during that whole process, when, the, when, when Trump was claiming, I don't know who this guy is, I don't have anything to do, that, that is the moment where the Morning Joe show turned and they went vicious against Trump. And that's when the, that was back, what, that was last year? That, that just changed everything. Mercilessly attacked. He is creating so much chaos that is completely overtaking any message of the week on health care, on visitors from foreign leaders. Now, is that is that fair when you are the ones writing the scripts that are being reported on and read on air? Donald Trump doesn't write your script. He responded to something that was said on air initially. I shouldn't have, but he responded to something that was said on air initially. And then the news outlets are the one that are making that the story. So I don't think the label creator is fair. I don't think you can pin this exactly on Donald Trump. It, it has to be the decision of the editorial process to make that the featured story. Now, should they or should they not? That's where you can debate, obviously. But you can't claim that Donald Trump made all of the news outlets cover it. They could have just not paid attention, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I'm just saying they wouldn't, but they could have just not reported on Twitter and reported on other things. It, it's not, ex- I, it's a, I know it's a gray area. I, I could see both sides, but I don't feel like it's Trump that's setting the tone so much as it's what the media is choosing to report on. And that's causing the chaos because that's what they focus on. So the chaos is essentially self-created. <laughs> mercilessly attacked. He is creating so much chaos that is completely overtaking any message of the week on health care, on visitors from foreign leaders. You could argue that because the visitors from foreign leaders has been going actually kind of okay, and especially since Merkel, and the health care stuff is really just a work in progress and there's nothing to report on exactly yet. You could say that it was the media that chose to run this as the primary headline because it was a detractor from Trump. Whereas if you reported on like dignitaries visiting, that actually would look pretty good for Trump. You'd have to show him shaking hands. You'd have to show him doing stuff in the White House and the policies they're setting. And that just doesn't really fit with your narrative that he's a competent president. So you better go with the one that does. And that's probably why you're setting that as the tone. And that's where the chaos comes from. That the chaos is swirling and nothing is getting done in Washington. Well, that's because you're not covering the stuff that's getting done. You see that? That's a weird dichotomy because I seem to be seeing it. One of the agenda items overshadowed today, the president's meeting with his South Korean counterpart coming a day after the White House announced new sanctions aimed at North Korea. The president declaring the era of strategic patience with North Korea is over. Oh, good. You love that, so you got to make sure you get that in there. <laughs> I love that. All right, we got to move on, guys. Right, we're all done with Trump. You ready to move on? Let's talk about the worst optics in politics this week. Probably not recoverable. Between this and the bridge, it's not recoverable. 
But one of the guys who ran against Donald Trump last year, one of the Republican candidates, is making some news this weekend. Millions flocking to the beach through the Fourth of July holiday. But in New Jersey, state parks and beaches are closed unless you are the governor. Today marks the third day of a government shutdown in New Jersey, with state offices like DMVs and courts closed and tens of thousands of state workers set to be furloughed. At issue, passing a budget plan while restructuring insurance. The state assembly speaker, a Democrat, is blocking a vote because he believes it's bad policy and has derided the shutdown as the governor's hostage crisis. The governor sees it another way. Here's Chris Christie yesterday. If they sent me a budget today, the shutdown would be over. It is the legislature that's choosing not to send me either budget. But I'm a little frustrated, quite frankly, at this point that um, no one will send me any budget. I'm sitting here waiting for a budget, and no one will send me one. I quoted that great American philosopher, Wimpy, from the Popeye cartoons, you know, when he would say, I'd be glad to pay you tomorrow for a hamburger today. If I'm paying for the hamburger, I'm getting it today, not waiting and trusting Vinnie Prieto to do it, what? Um, you know, sometime over the summer. Uh, no, I didn't, Claude, um, but go ahead. I didn't get any sun today. My, uh, my question is this. Are there lifeguards at the... No. No. There's no one at Island Beach State Park. There are no lifeguards. There's no one to pick up the garbage. There's no, no one, one providing any services at Island Beach State Park. No one. Next. Are next. You, um, excuse me. Next. Next. I'm done. We're, wow, this guy. We're talking about the closure of government, and you're talking about your TMZ stuff. All right, so what's going on there? The journalists at NJ.com sent a plane to fly over Island Beach State Park, and they photographed Governor Christie and his family enjoying the warm weather before the governor held the news conference you just saw. The site reports, quote, when later told of the photo, Brian Murray, the governor's spokesman, said, yes, the governor was on the beach briefly today talking to his wife and his family before heading into the office. Remember how he said he didn't get any sun? Um, this was their response to him not getting any sun. It's it's actually pretty, you know, brilliant. He did not get any sun. <laughs> Murray added he had a baseball hat on. The governor has called a special session that gets underway at 10 a.m. today to try to reach that deal. Once among the most popular governors in the country, Christie has seen his popularity crater. His approval rating now about 15 percent. And as Quinnipiac University put it, the worst approval rating for any governor in any state surveyed by Quinnipiac University in more than uh, 20 years. Wow. What do you suppose that's about, Jerem? He'd tell you it's a media attack. I'd tell you it's... His style combined with the fact that he really is a bit of a son of a bitch. The bridge thing is probably true, and the beach thing looks bad, man. Now, what they're not telling you, I leave it to you to decide if this matters or not. What they're not telling you is that's the governor's mansion. It's right there on the beach. So that's that's his backyard. Um, there was no lifeguards, there was no government services for his family. But they were just in their backyard. Does that make a difference? I ask you, sincerely. Should he have stayed off the beach just for optics? So, I mean, when I, so when I, when I first heard these reports, they never mentioned that it was his backyard. Um, that seems like that does make a difference to some degree about the, uh, the level of egregion. But the, the optics are fin- just phenomenally bad. Charum says sh- varies from shrug to yes, it makes a difference. I, I, it's 
You know, if you're going to make such a big stink about shutting down the government, just stay off the damn beach. Because it's more than his family. It's his family and friends. I don't know. They were swimming. They were playing. It just looks so bad. Like, he's, like his attitude, it, like this, this I don't give a shit attitude that he has, which is what leads to these kind of decisions, like shutting down a bridge or doing this. Is is not going to give him any any re-election points. You know what I mean? Like in terms of the public perception, people who are supported him, they're going to see stuff like this and go, "Well, you know, I I kind of like the guy, but he really is a jackass." It just seems like a super bad idea to me. So, anyways, that's Chris Christie gets the award for the worst politics in uh, worst pol- political optics. I guess I don't know. We get, it's not actually a segment. I'm just kind of making it up. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets the, he definitely gets the award for uh, the worst optics of the week. Let's cover a little North Korea stuff before we get out of here. So one more serious story. There's actually so much stuff. I was just looking at it. There's a lot of stuff to cover in world news. Uh, so if you're a supporter at three dollars or more on our Patreon. Um, Follow producer Matt's pro tip and get the BitTorrent Sync app for your phone, not for your PC. Unless you want the whole thing, but it is gigs and gigs and gigs. I would recommend, well, producer Matt, and I'm now echoing his recommendation. Get the mobile app. Scroll through our backlog on Patreon. Find the BitTorrent Sync keys, add them to your mobile app, and pull down the files just the files that you want to watch from this episode it's I, I i just i can't recommend it at this point unless you're unless you want to help us archive the entire catalog which would be very very useful for us because you never know what could happen uh i would just use the mobile app at this point it's a huge and we're looking for a different solution i daydreamed about a, about a solution with a web interface where you could download it with a torrent system and a web seed if nobody else is seeding etc etc because i think some of these clips at a certain point should just be public domain I don't know. Maybe that's something we could talk about as a Patreon milestone, too, because that would be a system that has to be put in place. And it's, it's gigs of hosting. So it's it's ex, it's a definitely an expense. But if you're at the $3 level, we have a lot more clips. And I in, in, in basically every single show category, but especially in the overtime. So go watch those if you want a little extra. I totally recommend that. And also, you can catch the full live stream when YouTube doesn't censor us at patreon.com slash unfilter. I try to post that up there every single week, although I can't guarantee it. So if you just if you want to get the show every week without fail, you got to subscribe to the RSS feed. That's the only way to do it. But if you want to roll the dice, I do try to post it at patreon.com slash unfilter, the full, unedited, no changes live stream. And on that live stream, we often play extra clips. But I'm going to wrap it up. we got just got a couple of more clips before we get out of here. It's been a lot to cover this week. Uh, and I thought we should cover a few things uh, that may develop into bigger stories. And I don't want to uh, just completely ignore them. So let's do a little more. You just heard in that previous clip. Let's do a little more coverage of North Korea. Together we are facing the threat of the reckless and brutal regime in North Korea. Something tells me these are not Donald Trump's direct words, that these have been provided for him to read. And that's such a creepy thought. But I guess that's the way it works, everybody. The nuclear and ballistic missile programs of that regime require a determined response. 
The North Korean dictatorship has no regard for the safety and security of its people wow. or its neighbors. Wow. And has no respect for human life. And that's been proven over and over again. Now, I believe those are his own words. Millions of North Korea's own citizens have suffered and starved to death. And the entire world just witnessed oh. what the regime did oh. to our wonderful Otto Warmbier. Mm. I thank President Moon for expressing his condolences mm. on the travesty of Otto's death. Oh. Our thoughts and our prayers remain with this wonderful family. So you get an idea of the kind of language that the White House is using here. Seems to me like it could be problematic, everybody. Oh, all right, so... <laughs> I got a couple more. Okay, all right, I know what two clips I want to go out on. You're going to love this. Now, I got to admit, I oh, jeez, I wish, I wish you're watching the video version for this, because this is going to be much better in video, but I'm going to paint a picture for you. It's the Oval Office, and they get a moment to rush in, because that, after that press conference there that Trump just had, they go back and they take pictures with the Japanese president, and the press gets a little obnoxious. So what you're seeing here is a bunch of people rushing in the press into the Oval Office all of a sudden. Now listen carefully and you'll realize there's a bit of a ruckus. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Oh, oh. Now off just in the distance, you'll see President Trump is raising his hands and kind of doing a yeesh kind of face. Yeesh. And the Japanese president's totally unaware of what's going on at this moment. What has happened as somebody is trying to get a microphone way down on a tel- telescoping pole right in front of Trump's face because they're standing behind the couch in the Oval Office. And they're trying to get that microphone right up against Trump's face. And they're, they're pushing. They're getting too close. And in the process, they knock over one of the historic presidential lamps. say and of course then donald trump begins to get look very serious and uh one of the uh, surprisingly one of the white house staff catched just like with cat-like reflexes this presidential historic lamp and boom he catches it puts it back up there which then really gives them the opportunity to just really shame the press Easy, fellas. Hey, fellas. Come on. Fellas, be easy. <laughs> At this point, like, they've already been shamed and they look like idiots. So it's just great to really rub it in. Fellas, easy. Stop. It's over. Stop it. You guys are getting worse. <laughs> oh, man. They just opened themselves up for that. They just opened themselves up for that. So if you saw, you may have, if you're a big MSNBC viewer, and oh, my God, I. Uh, anyways, if you're a, if you're an MSNBC viewer, you may have seen this hot mic moment where uh, a, a reporter or a cameraman, I'm not quite sure because it's just audio in the Oval Office it starts saying, man, that shit was nuts. Someone was assaulting me. Like, the situation in that room was seriously heated at the time. Now, the audio is going to be a little garbled here in a second because it's just an open mic. But this is being played live on MSNBC. Hey, what's going on, man? 
That lamp was like that. Yeah, like literally. Shit was nuts. There it is. That shit was nuts. I've never seen anything like that. This guy was assaulting me on the way in. I got And now here's the MSNBC reporter, and he just looks like he had to eat a shit sandwich because he's like, well, what the hell do I do with that? Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what we're hearing behind the scenes. It looked like a little bit of getting roughed up in some form uh, as the reporters were leaving the Oval Office there. Suffice to say, you saw the two presidents of South Korea and the United States, Donald Trump. Oh, it was South Korea, not Japan. You know what? I guess they all look alike to me. Oh, I had to eat that one. I'm just kidding. I do not actually endorse the words that come out of my mouth. Thank you guys very much for being here this week. Hope you enjoyed the whole damn show. In particular, if you want to keep us around, you want to see us do a supplemental show, go over to patreon.com slash unfilter, become a supporter, catch the full live stream over there. And don't forget, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be on a hiatus for one week while I travel to Montana. Have a great week. Have a great week.